hello and welcome to a shiny new episode of WNK, the weekly AEW news kick. I am your host, Tom. I am joined by WNK producer. His uh, his hair is the colour of blood and he has a lot of guts to walk out of his door looking like that every day. It's Jack Griffin. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. That was very creative. Um, oh, I, I, I thought of that on the fly. I didn't even, you know... I, not like I usually just spend time just like scribbling like horrible <laughs> remarks to say to my brother. I'd, I'd love to when, when you said producer, I'd love to. I was thinking I'd love a, like an intro where I'm like Kenny Omega, where you just list random shit that's happened in my life, just like ten different stuff where it's like you know. For my I do interest. that with his music as well. Yeah, like, yeah. With that, with that <laughs> it, pre pre music thing he worked it, plays. It'd be like he is the producer of the WANK podcast. <laughs> he is a two a, one from Birmingham City University. Yeah, yeah just list loads of stuff. <laughs> that that's a plan for next time. But yes, hello Tom. How are we on this lovely Wednesday evening? Later than planned, but you know, not an issue because um there's fuck all going on, is there? Because who's got anything on in their lives right now? <laughs> exactly. Um, it is so so. Um you know, you take the rough with the smooth. It is what it is. Other cliches. How are you? I'm not too bad, yourself? Well, you just fucking asked me. Yeah, I'm asking you again, just for kindness. We we don't we do not do well without Patrick for social lubricant. <laughs> <laughs> social <laughs> lubricant. It's a rough fuck, you and me. <laughs> There's chafing. There's Go. chafing. <laughs> oh, God. That's so wrong. Patrick, we need, we're, we're literally... One minute, 45 seconds in, we already need Patrick back. We, <laughs> we can't you. do this without him. <laughs> we miss you and your German pornography tips. <laughs> did you use any, did you take any of his advice? Did you watch any German porn this week? I mean, not beyond the clip he showed us where it was, it was, was the non-porn part of the porn. Yeah, it was the, uh, the storyline part. <laughs> and it was just, it was just a German guy going, alarm, like a firefighter, because <laughs> yeah. it was like a firefighter gangbang. And instead of an alarm ringing, he was just shouting alarm. <laughs> So like, could they not afford that? Like they afforded all these firefighter suits. The fucking, you know, they look like they've rented out a station. They couldn't afford afford the bell, <laughs> or even put it in post production like I do. Yeah. With our audio. Just like find don't ruin the magic, Jack. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you watch it? You watched any uh, wrestling? Crikey, um, have I? I mean, watched... we'll talk about that in less important shows. If you watched any wrestling other than AEW, obviously, I hope you've watched some wrestling. I hope you've watched AEW. No, I've, I've watched. Well, so obviously, in less important shows, we'll discuss. But I watched the main event of wrestling: Don Taku, Will Spray, and Tagagi. Um, yeah, we'll t- discuss that. Obviously, I finally, um, and I did this when we last recorded, but I forgot to mention it. Um, I've finally watched WrestleMania. Not all of it, obviously, the matches that I care about. Um, disappointing as always. Um, the t- I think t- I think the main event wasn't too bad. The triple threat, yeah, I it was, it was no, all right. That was all right. Um, and I also did like the Bianca Belair match um, taking the title, but she took it off Sasha Banks, which makes me sad. I didn't I didn't rate that as highly as other people did. Maybe because I'm not inve- I hasn't haven't been as invested in the rise of Bianca Belair, or maybe because it felt a bit obvious for me. But I don't, yeah, I it was didn't... a. But um, I did watch it as well because I obviously I knew there was a lot of hate about it because uh, I watched it obviously after WrestleMania Red. Um, uh, but I still wanted to watch it because I was intrigued because I love both wrestlers. Randy Orton versus The Fiend. My mm. God, it was just... Weird. Yeah. Like, the funny thing, right? Obviously, we've had a year of wrestling without crowds. And they can hide, like, if it's if it's bad, like, if it's a bad show or bad wrestling, they can hide behind that shit. But this was obviously WrestleMania with a big crowd. And the 
boos after it ended. I was like, my God, you cannot hide this shit. Like, it's the it's the regression of the fiend. Was I think most people actually had a problem with the fact that they just sent him back to did he did um, Randy Orton won it as well, didn't they? Yeah, so they just sent him back to regular fiend after he was like this burn fiend and he was like yeah. mega fiend and I don't know. It was they just they keep burying that dude. Like I remember back when um, it was John Cena at WrestleMania, I think. Yeah, yeah, in, might that, have in that Funkhouse match, wasn't it? No, 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 not that one. He won that one, but years before that, um, oh. when he was just Bray Wyatt before he was a fiend, and um, Cena went over him. And I remember the 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 news coming out was that Vince, probably one of the only people that suffered because Vince overrated them. Vince thought Bray Wyatt was basically already the new Undertaker, and he could use yeah. him to put other people over. Okay, one, he wasn't there yet. He's still not there yet, and he could be if they kept if they you know built him right. Um, two. Who the fuck? Who needs to put over John Cena? He's John fucking <laughs> yeah. Cena. You know, John Cena doesn't need putting over. Do you know what I mean? It's like, he's, he's, he's every kid's like, and I'm guilty of this. He's like every kid's first like favorite wrestler. You know what I mean? Because your he's first just, love, uh, mate, first crush. I, I, I remember having that John Cena poster. Um, the nips, <laughs> the massive nips on your wall. Him and Rey Mysterio, my two, weren't they? And then um, I still love Rey Mysterio now, but John Cena not so much. But um, but yeah, Bray Wyatt, they've got an absolute golden wrestler there. And mm, they just keep on like wasting him. And it just infuriates me because I love that guy so much. I think he's so creative. I think he's so different, which is obviously what we love. Good on the mic. Yeah, good. And yeah, it's just strange. But anyway, I mean, yeah. this, this, is, oh. this is an important show convo, isn't it? WWE related though. Let's launch some breaking news. Daniel Bryan's contract uh, yeah. has expired. He is a free agent. My God. News coming out that WWE are very, very keen to re-sign him, but he hasn't as of yet. To be honest, I think if anyone can work out a deal where they occasionally appear for WWE, but also occasionally wrestle wherever else the fuck they want, it's Daniel Bryan. Yeah. He's, he's a big enough name that even... Obviously, not re-signing with WWE. I don't think Vince would hold a grudge. Like, I know, we know Vince is an arsehole, and uh, you know, but I don't think like you know because he's that star power, he's that pulling power. Which you know, it's the same like you said when Jericho left for AEW. He still rung at Jericho and be like, "Can you like come back?" Kind of thing. So yeah, because Vince doesn't <laughs> realize yeah. the yeah. Yeah, but um, I think Daniel Bryan's got that same. Like, he can leave and wrestle with promotions, and Vince will still be like, "Do you want to come back or whatever?" Or Daniel yeah, will ask to come back for a bit, and Vince will be like, "Yeah." But he's talked about doing like eight months on, four months off, or something. He talks about something else. He talks about like just appearing as and when, or doing eight months on, four months off, or something like that. And I think, um, yeah, I could see, I could see him working on some sort of legends contract for WWE that also lets him wrestle elsewhere. I do, I do think it's possible, even though we would never have thought it possible with mm. anyone else. But now I think it might be top three matches in, say, you know, AEW or and or, or New Japan uh, that you'd like to see uh, Daniel Bryan oh. have. Well, I think you've got to go. It's always going to be whoever. You're always going to say Omega, aren't you? It's always Kenny is literally because I, Kenny can put a good match with anyone. You know what I mean? And like that, uh, not that Daniel Bryan needs it, but you know that's why I say put anyone with Kenny Omega because it's just golden. So that'd be a cool one. Uh, I'd probably also go maybe, maybe like Christian would be a cool one. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd, yeah, because they've cool. both been in WWE so long, it'd be nice to see them yeah. go at it with their their creative freedom. Do you know what I mean? So I think I think, well, I think I want to see him wrestle a current champ. So that's going to be Kenny. Uh, I want to see him wrestle with XWWE, which is going to be Christian. And I want to see him wrestle with newbie, like an up and coming star. And I'm going to go Jungle Boy. I think that'd be cool. Jungle Light. <laughs> what about yeah, you? That'd be cool. Um, I like that as well. Um, I would like to see him wrestle. Ugh, I have to go with you and say Kenny Omega, obviously. Why do you he's been praising you Omega say that? On... You love that guy. <laughs> I hate Kenny Omega. He's <laughs> such a heel. He's such a prick. Um, uh, yeah, I'd like to see that. I would like to see him against... I quite like to see him against Miro outside of WWE. That's another one like Christian where I think they could realise their full potential yeah. if they're allowed to script their own match. And I'm probably got to say Will Ospreay, surely. I would also like to see him against Zack Sabre Jr., but I think they have faced each other before, but I don't know whether it was at their kind of full... I mean, mm. just so many people, just so many people, but I think he'd, he'd put on a absolute screamer with Will Ospreay or, or Shingo Tagagi or, you know... Anyone. I Shingo Tagagi, think... actually, I quite like. I quite like that, actually. I quite like... Yeah, I quite yeah. like uh, Daniel Bryan versus Shingo Tagagi would be good. I think right now he'd be better used in New Japan than AEW. I'd love to see him in a G one, but I don't think he. I don't think he's his head to take the G, uh, a G one climax. It's so so yeah. demanding uh, of a tournament. So I think let's see Samoa. I think Samoa Joe might take on the G one. Yeah, that'd be sick. Should, you know, that'd be that'd be sick. That'd be good. Right, should we talk about Dynamite? Let's do it. First up, we had... Well, actually, first up, I'll say, did you realise the first, most of it was pre-recorded and it was just the Blood and Guts match that was live? Yeah, because you can tell when they obviously... Oh, well, the immediate Blood way I Cutie tell... Marshall's ass. Yeah, that, that <laughs> was uh, one thing. Actually, that's something we'll talk about later, but um, I've seen more asses in this episode of Dynamite than I've ever seen in any of AEW. And, um, yeah, obviously, you can tell when they don't show the crowd. So in the... Um, yeah. Up but they were well, no, well, they were showing the crowd. But okay, I'll tell you what they were doing. So they they were actually showing the crowd. Yeah, like you say, not at the beginning of the show. They weren't panning to the crowd or anything like that. Like, yeah. But, uh, but um, what? Okay, so what they did was they because they had to take the time. There's no there's no ceiling on Daddy's place, so they yeah. can't lower a cage. You know, so they had to assemble the cage, which took like hours or whatever. Um, so what they did was they pre-recorded a load of matches without a crowd there played them to the crowd and used the live crowd noise um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, from the crowd who are watching it. So this was all per uh, Wrestling Wrestling Observer Radio um, or Wrestling Observer Newsletter. I don't know whether it's been on their radio show yet or not. Yeah, uh, they used... So the crowd noise was authentic. Um, that, was the, that was the crowd watching it. It was advertised that uh, this would be the case to the live... So basically, the live crowd only saw one match. That was the Blood and Guts match. Yeah. Whereas we saw it. It was advertised when they bought their tickets that this would be the case. Uh, however, um, Tony Khan, class act that he is, even though it was advertised to them, uh, offered refunds to anyone who was disappointed that they only got one match, even though it was advertised as a one match, one match show, uh, and that they only got one live match and watched the others on on the big screen. Um, five people took him up on it, which is not bad out of one thousand, and so yeah. and that just shows the good the goodwill there. But I because... think you've got to question them five people. Like if it, yeah, what are they anyway? Well, they're just uh, they're the kind of people I think that you're offered, 
you know, if you pretend to be pissy, you get you yeah. get some free money. Do you know what I mean? You get your money back. So they probably didn't. They probably were aware, and they probably did enjoy the show and weren't disappointed by the lack of matches and knew what they were getting. But you know, someone says his free money but i think it shows the goodwill among AEW fans oh, yeah. that they anyone any of those people could say yeah i was disappointed give me a refund and they've seen the show for free and yet only five people did out of like what one and a half thousand people so just under yeah, or whatever so definitely that's pretty definitely. good uh but yeah starting the show long before the blood and guts match that was the only live show they had we had um, Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. I will just run you through and then come to you for your opinions. That's how we shall do it today. Don Callis comes out listing um, listing Japanese legends. Uh, he mentions Inoki, Baba, Okada, Ibushi, and Michael Nakazawa. <laughs> um, they're obviously, you know, sarcastically overhyping Michael Nakazawa. Uh, to to make it seem like you know Kenny's not as much of a coward as he is because they only send out Nakazawa. Um, Callis pretends that Kenny's not there, so it will have to be a two on one. Uh, but obviously Kenny ambushes uh, Mox and Eddie on their way in. Uh, Na- uh, Nakazawa and Kingston start. Uh, Kenny tags in and then out again, and as they're kind of doing the quick tags to double team Eddie. Uh, John Moxley saves Kingston from a double suplex and hits a tope to the outside. Nakazawa hits a low blow on Eddie to regain control and uh, Omega hits the Katara Crusher on, on Kingston. Kenny and Kingston get in a chop fight and Kenny goes for the you can't escape but Kingston does escape and avoids the moonsault part of that move. Kingston makes the hot tag to Mox and Nakazawa is also in. Uh, Nak is bleeding from the mouth, takes off his shirt, tries to hulk himself up and Mox kicks the shit out of him and hits a pile driver. Uh, Kenny exits the ring, starts to kind of show his cowardly side and run away and uh, then we get a clothesline dragon suplex combo from Mox and Kingston to end the match, get the pin on Nakazawa. The elite, that being... uh, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and the Good Brothers all emerge. Uh, well, first the Young Bucks, followed by a a uh, surprise assault from the Good Brothers, and they beat down Kingston and Mox. Uh, the Good Brothers hit the Magic Killer on Mox. Um, Matt hits uh, Mox with his shoe before a super kick with his bare foot. And Nick Jackson super kicks Eddie Kingston. Kenny comes back out and hits the one winged angel on, I believe, Mox. And then they sarcastically count the three. Jack, thoughts on this match and the aftermath? Beautiful play by play, but he hit the one winged angel on Eddie Kingston. That's the only thing. Did he really? Yeah, because I, I distinctly recall all of them helping get Eddie Kingston that makes... on Kenny's shoulders because obviously he's a big lad, isn't he? So they were all have. I, th- I think they were. I, d- I think he could have done it himself. Yeah, they yeah, were probably, probably just. Yeah. I think they were taking the piss with that. Yeah. Um, being how they are, but yeah, uh, that makes more sense because I think we're building to the singles match between those two at some point because mm. we've already had the one with Mox. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they'll. Not. Not never do it again. But it's kind of been. I. I don't want to use that word overused because that makes it sound like it's disappointed. But we've had a lot of Kenny Mox, um, and it's time for a different kind of. Um, wrestler in this feud in terms of the match yeah i thought it was good it wasn't anything too special it was very much a let's make kingston and mox look good 
um, whilst, you know, protecting Kenny kind of thing as this, you know, you don't deserve to wrestle me properly. Um, obviously, you used the word coward there. It's cowardly in a way, but it's also, you know... Um, Don, not defending Don, him, he's a coward. But Don, Don words it as protecting him, doesn't he? Because, you know, he's got all the gold now. He's, he's got a target on his back. Big up, Kenny. My G. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. We're going to get some biased commentary. <laughs> you will be the Don Callis of this pod. pod you, uh, you epitome, human human pond scum or whatever they call Don, Don Callis. That's you but, now. But, um, but no, obviously, from a, from a viewer point of view where you're not picking sides because of who you're favorite wrestlers are it was cowardly from kenny throwing in knack not treating the match proper either because you know nakazawa we don't want to disrespect him but he's not you know as prestigious as some of the wrestlers in there he's probably not on as big a contract all this sort of stuff so um as they obviously allude to he's one of the kind of um what was the quote they used last week to describe him um well, I... Bull, Bull, Bully Ray, you know Bully Ray or Bubba Ray Dudley. Or, yeah. Um, he he is he has been pissy on Twitter. I think they've they've worked him a little bit, um, and he is upset with how like legitimately upset, thinking AEW disrespecting the Impact title by having Nakazawa wear it out and called him <laughs> Naka Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! But um, for now, obviously, the match itself. It, it so was what you're a... looking for is he is a Naka Nobody. Is what you were looking for. Um, but the match itself, it was, like I said, it was a decent match. It there was the right outcome. It did. It made the right moves. I can't complain anything about it because it was never going to be a five star, you know, must watch match. It was just merely a yeah, TV it was match. All right. It was a TV match, a way to progress the storyline, and I was ended up satisfied. And the ending was very, you know, elite heel um, ending. And one of my favourite images of that match was seeing Matt Jackson resting on the on the top. Um, Top of the ropes, kind of just relaxing there, um, which was chilling very, out, Max, and relaxing yeah. the cool. Which um, um, slapping some Gucci's on some fool. There, there you go. go. And I think <laughs> if you if you just hold the thought for one second, uh, obviously if you uh, a follower on Twitter of the Young Bucks or Matt or Nick, you would notice that they constantly now change their bio, their bios, and change their profile pics, which I personally love. Um, and they changed, uh, or at least Matt changed his bio. So Young Bucks have now changed their profile picture to uh, Matt super kicking Eddie Kingston in the face, which yeah. I love. Um, they also, uh, is it on here? There we go. They they uploaded a gif of yeah Matt Jackson on the top ring rope, loving life, you know, smiling away. <laughs> and yeah, we we I just can't get enough of Hill Elite. I know people have their complaints. Do um, they? Fucking, this is brilliant. It's just, you know, just that's that's really bad. Like we're doing a podcast, <laughs> we got listeners in who probably have all different varieties of opinions. And it's like people people who don't like heel elite, fuck them. It's uh, well, I, I no, don't, I don't know. You're all entitled just, to your yeah. opinions, however. I don't know if it's just these people. Like you, I always seem to see on Squared Circle and AW Reddit that just always like to shit on it. But I oh, there's one. a lot of bad faith actors from Squared Circle Jerk who are just the most toxic of the dogs. They're basically just like they're like how you get extreme political subreddits where yeah. they're just absolutely toxic. That's basically what Squared Circle is. It's it's just become a not Squared Circle, sorry, Squared Circle Jerks. SC Jerk has just become a a hub for hating AEW. And before that, like people act like they're you know they they were hating on you but they just hate anything that's not wwe because how dare anything that's not wwe exist you must be being pretentious if you watch anything other than wwe why don't you just fucking watch wwe like yeah it's, it's, off. it's anyway. sad it's sad that sort of well but um 
But no, Heal Elite is one of my favourite things to watch at any time they come on screen, whether it's just, you know, promo or, you know, interview or backstage, like anything. I love it. And and I'm loving Brandon Cutler as the personal cameraman. Oh, me too. <laughs> because I like I also, like that he's taken them with him. I like that yeah. they're still fr- I don't like that they've had, they've done you know, they've I, I I wouldn't have liked if they'd tried to make him and or Nakazawa just like, oh they're you know I don't agree with what you're doing. That's no, fuck it. Take everybody nah, with it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I like it. But for a selfish point of view, also the camera he uses is the one that he films BTE on. So we get behind the scenes footage of obviously the Heel Elite, unlike yeah. on from the obviously a different camera on Dynamite from his. And yeah, I like that. Next up, we had Cody versus QT Marshall. Jack, before I give you any bias, I want to actually get your opinion on this match before I say anything about it. What was your opinion on this match? Okay, um, let me I'm ser- seriously here this time. I'll tell you what, based on the match alone and nothing else, QT's gone up my meter. Right! This match was... this. I mean, I rated it a 7 out of 10 on Cage Match, and I said it's the best QT Marshall match I've ever seen. It right. is, yeah, I think this did this did him a lot of favours. He needed this. He did pull out some good moves. Um, it looked a good match. It definitely it wasn't obviously a squash or whatever. Um, it's and, gone one or two points up the QT meter. You know what? I'll be generous because he's only on like zero. I'll, I'll bump yeah. him up too. That's still obviously a low, low rating QT meter. I know. He's gonna... When he what what happens when he hits ten? Do we? Uh, I mean, it's not going to happen. It's never. Gonna I, happen, buy, but... I buy a QT Marshall shirt. That's what happens. And <laughs> wear on the pod. And I'll, I'll hold you that if he ever gets 10. But no, but first thing I want to mention is the first thing I put in our, um, our weekly AW News Kick WhatsApp group is I saw a guy in the crowd and I hope you noticed it too. So I'm probably the only legit QT Marshall fan here or something. <laughs> and I was just like, mate, respect. Because if you, if like, if I was there, I'd be giving you like, you know, 10 tons of shit, like about what. But no, from a match perspective, um, yeah, I was I was impressed. I'm hating Cody. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a Cody fan right now. Um, but I think I think this this yeah. Sorry, go on, carry on. No, I, I and I saw it again used on like AW Reddit. But the word pretentious comes up. I don't I know. That's what he goes for right now. But I, but I, like he's supposed to be the face. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just he's just this whole thing with the the nightmare family nepotism and like, just the way he presents himself and I don't know what's changed from I do think it I do think the nightmare family has a lot to answer for because like before they never really pushed the nightmare family. You only ever saw the nightmare family in big fights when they had like DDP and um maybe QT Marshall and obviously Brandy walk out yeah. with him. Do you know what I mean? They never made it. And on Anderson, they never made it like this big thing, but like the nightmare family is just so kind of like pervasive in the product now with the, you know, the gun club and, and um, the gun club and Lee Johnson. And it's big too, many Lee. <laughs> too, too many cooks. Do you know what I mean? There's, yeah. um, it, uh, you know, and the, it's just weird how he's he's Cody's kind of heelish and like the whole thing where he's like saying I'm not before when he was saying I'm not going to break your leg I'm not gonna you know I won't go I won't follow through on the crossroads it's like that's heel shit do you know what I mean that's mm. basically what Kenny does when he's patronizing people like yeah. and you're supposed to be the face in this and this is the weird thing it's like who the fuck do I root for here because Cody's the face QT's the heel Cody's kind of acting heel and at some points QT 
seems like the reasonable one. It seems like the one we should root for. But also, it's QT Marshall. He's a fucking charisma vacuum, and I can't root for him. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So yeah, but it's no, like... it's, it's, it's so weird because, obviously, I used to love Cody, and 2020 Cody was one of my favourites, but he's just... Uh, maybe not 2020. 2019. Exactly. 20, was, late, was yeah, balling. 2019 and maybe early 2020. Um, and I think when he lost the TNT title to Derby, that's when he went downhill. Um, but no, he's just... Yeah, I, I just, he needs he needs something to make me because this this and you know I think you'll agree is making okay maybe that maybe they're not perfect but at least from from when we first saw him we like when QT Marshall first came out of the factory and they obviously you know attacked Cody and at first you know it was a it was a cool like bit of the show but we are like QT Marshall as a faction it's like that's so fucking done. But it's it's growing. It is growing, and I think it's it's I think it's consistent airtime. I like that music. Needed. I like yep, that music. I like you can't really music. hear it that well because of sound levels. But. No, but consistent airtime, which always helps because and it. But it's not it's not a um it's not a force it down your throat airtime. They the way they do it, it allows them to kind of show themselves off a bit more than AEW showing them. Off. Do you know what I mean? Like with Jade Cargill, I guess it's a different kind of thing because they're. It's constantly just a her promo, her promo, and it's like forced. Whereas like this, it's kind of in match situations, which is a bit different. It lets them to have a bit more creativity, a bit more freedom, and to show off themselves a bit more. I, don't, I know that sounds weird because promo. No, I get it for that, but you know, what I mean, the promos are obviously that. Yeah, it, but basically, I feel like the factory have grown on me. It's not perfect. It definitely has its faults, but this match certainly helped it. And um, yeah, and <laughs> I think. I mean, it's not really a big end, so I'll talk about it now, but obviously Anthony Gogo coming out and um, finishing Cody off, I think that's where it's heading more. I think obviously, yeah. I know... This is what I, I, I said. I said So I don't think a lot of people are actually expecting the Cody win here because a face win like this, clean, it kind of feels like the full stop to a to a rivalry. Yeah. I don't think it is the full stop to a, to the whole rivalry with the factory with what with a Gogo coming out and punching him afterwards. But I think they could phase out QT's Marshall, QT Marshall's role with uh, like direct role with Cody and, and they could have this be the end to their feud and make it short, cut it short. Yeah. It's not really, it's not really a draw this feud and maybe then work into a Cody, uh, Cody and a go-go feud, which I mean, we can't really comment how good that will be because we haven't really seen a go-go beyond just like body no. shot people. Do you know what I mean? So definitely. Um, yeah, that, that's all my kind of take. I'm interested in yours. I know, um, the only thing that cringes me is just Anthony Go Go, and obviously how much he hates America. But that's um, yeah. As, as if he hates America so much, why is he so proud of being <laughs> in Subway commercials, which is an American brand? Literally. Obviously, Subway commercials. I was. Um, <laughs> we had your take. Well, let's have the play by play first. Play play. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> right, we started off, and Cody tried to use the weight belt, was stopped by was it Bryce or Knox? Um, and then QT used his own in full view of the ref and wasn't disqualified. It was like, why are you even trying to stop Cody using his then if QT's going to use his? And like, they're really lax with the rules in... Um, I mean, they are in New Japan as well. They're very lax with the rules in New Japan. I can't remember the last time I've seen a disqualification in New Japan. Um, and I just... I wish AEW... If they would just explain that and say... And, you know, say that, the you know, it's only really egregious uh, offenses that they're going to they're going to disqualify people for uh, and and stuff like hitting with weight belts doesn't cover that then fair enough do you know what i mean if they went out of their way to explain it but at the moment i do see people's criticism saying like 
you know, they're just doing stuff right in front of the referee's eyes and they're not giving a shit. Um, Cody went for a, a really pretty roll-up off the uh, off the kind of turnbuckle. I've seen him do it before, but it's very nice. Then he started gouging the eyes of... Uh, very heel- heelish, but I guess because he's angry, do you know what I mean? That's the thing. Gouging the eyes of QT and he was doing someone else heelish. Raking the back, that was it. Um, he went up top. Marshall jumped up to meet him on the top ropes and slams him off. Followed him... Followed up, sorry, with a deadlift German, which was very nice. Deadlift German suplex. QT started hitting Cody outside of the ring. It went outside the ring and he was beating him up. And Arn Anderson got involved, uh, hitting QT Marshall's head, QT Marshall, sorry, his <laughs> head into the ring post and got himself ejected, rightly so, just because you're a face. That doesn't mean you can get away with that kind of shenanigans. Although, like, they're enforcing that, but not the belt thing, but whatevs. Uh, Cody started hitting the the old dusty punches for his dad before a, a really, really nice drop drop kick from Marshall, to be fair. Like, see, do you know what I mean? Credit where credit's due. This was a good match. Uh, went back outside and Red Velvet got involved holding QT Marshall uh, still. And it's like, again, very heelish. Uh, back in the ring and Marshall drove... I, I'm just going to start saying QT because I can't keep pronouncing his <laughs> name like that. But that's the official way to do it, isn't it? Uh, QT drives Cody's head into the turnbuckle, uh, does a guillotine on Cody on the bottom rope. Cody battles to his feet and headbutts QT. They both go for the crossbody and go down like they clashed in the middle of the ring. This is when it was like really starting to say, oh, this is actually quite a good match. Um, they began trading punches. Um, QT runs at Cody, but Cody blocks it and pulls his pulls his trunks down and exposes his <laughs> his bare behind to the cold Jacksonville night air. I don't know if it's cold. It might be hot there now. Got no fucking idea. Um, <laughs> Cody drives Marshall's, Marshall. I've done it again. QT's head into the turnbuckle again. Uh, oh, no, it was the other way around because it was, it was QT before. So Cody's driving QT's head into the turnbuckle and then hits a standing moonsault. It was a bit of a sloppy standing moonsault, to be honest with you. Um, Cody misses the disaster kick, goes for the Cody cutter. QT steals the crossroads. He hits the crossroads on him. Stolen finisher, but Cody kicks out. QT then, I love this, used DDP's taunt, obviously a member of the Nightmare family, so he's he's going to the Nightmare family well a few times, this was some nice storytelling, and went for the Diamond Cutter, uh, DDP's finisher, uh, Cody reversed, um, but uh, QT still managed to get a big buckle bomb on him. He went for the tombstone, pile driver, but they kept reversing each other, so they were both going for it, so it was him, then Cody, then him, then Cody, it was Cody who ended up getting it, dropping him on his head. It was a two. Then Cody hit the crossroad and QT Marshall kicks the fuck out. Who saw it coming? Um, Cody assisted QT to his feet with a, like, a, a moment of mercy, but QT flipped him the bird and uh, Cody angrily put him in the figure four for the tap out and the victory. Uh, Cody was pissing blood out of his eye at this point. I don't know what happened. It was like it happened right at the end there, and I couldn't see what it was that did it. I don't know if you noticed. It was either from his eye or the side of his eye. I have to imagine it was from the side of his eye, because if it's from his, if that much from his eye, then I think he needs it fucking removed. But um, then Agogo came out for his his body shot that he does, and uh, covered his such cheap heat. <laughs> covered him with the Union Jack. <laughs> A little salute. Um, for her match. For Phil. For Phil, R.I.P. R.I.P. Big G. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, my thoughts on this match were I I hate that I loved it. 
Do you know what I mean? I thought it was the second. I thought it was the second best match of the night. I, I thought it was the best traditional match of the night, and I fucking never thought I'd say that. Uh, especially with three star match machine Cody and fucking QT Marshall of all people. Um, yeah, again, let's not get ahead of ourselves. It wasn't a fucking Matt Classic or anything. Like I said, it's about a seven out of ten. But like a seven out of ten with QT Marshall in the ring, Cody versus QT Marshall. I'm I'm surprised. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I. Yeah, it was it was decent. So it just it just kind of goes to show that anyone can really, well, as long as anyone's kind of a decent wrestler, you can get like a seven out of ten if you just give people the time. Do you know what I mean? If they've, you know, um, but yeah, I, I I big fan. Let's see where it goes with uh, a go go. Next up, we had Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page being interviewed. Uh, Scorpio Sky mentioned uh, about you know not being afraid of Sting anymore. And uh, said, who's the franchise now, bitch? Because they used to call Sting the franchise. Scorp is saying he is now the franchise. Ethan got on the mic and said, the reason Darby wears face paint, a bit of a shoot this, is to cover up a dent that Paige put in his head. Which apparently you can see. is apparently a true, a true thing. Um, Darby then obviously jumped him, hit the coffin drop from the lightning rig. That was, that was uh, low-key badass. I think people are overlooking that. Um, because of what happened next, which was Ethan Page throwing down the set of stairs. I think Darby was actually a little bit pissed that he couldn't get the whole stair set because he stopped like halfway through. And knowing Darby Allen, I think he was probably hoping he could get the whole thing, but obviously he rolled to a halt before he could get to the uh, the second portion of the set of stairs. What the fuck do we make of this, Jack? This was a this was a hardcore. I mean, it was stone steps. Yeah, that <laughs> only only. Darby Allen could be pissed off that he didn't make it all the way down the stairs. He definitely was. You know he was, <laughs> mate. Honestly, like I, that's got to be hurt. That's got to be painful. But I, I don't know what to think of this. I really don't because, don't get me wrong. I look, Scorpio Sky. We've said it countless times. Has been so overlooked, and he, he I like the fact he he says that in his promos. And even Page, we, we literally said when he debuted at um, Revolution that we were was it yeah Revolution that we were scared that they'd underuse him. And they are using him, but I still don't feel satisfied by any of this. And I don't know why. I think it's because it, I've, it's, got, it's got to be headed towards some sort of sting. Like, I think I've... Well, I sting and Darby Allen versus, versus these two, yeah. Yeah, or, or Darby Allen and Lance Archer, which always seems to be coming out as well, if Sting doesn't want to wrestle the match or whatever he wants to. I don't know. Um, I, I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what I think we're going to see at one point. I think we're going to see a six-person tag, and I don't think this is going to be on a on a pay-per-view. I think it's going to be on a dynamite. I think we're going to see um, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Miro versus uh, Darby Allen, Lance Archer, and Sting in a in a six-man tag. I you think. reckon Miro is going to team up Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page? I don't think he's going to. No, 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 no. Don't get ahead of me. Don't misquote <laughs> me. I don't want to be misquoted. I don't think he's going to team up with them at all. I think they're going to. Be in a match though on Dynamite. I think yeah. they're gonna. I think they're gonna. I think probably what's gonna happen. I think. Um, I definitely think Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. I mean, they have to now, don't they? They're gonna go into a program with Darby Allen and Sting. Oh, I mean, yeah, they, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's gonna be a tag thing that's going on. I think Miro's gonna take. We'll talk about that later. I mean, we've been saying for weeks. Hey, hey, yeah, gonna no, take, no spoilers. No spoilers to next week. I know. Week's I know. Part. I know. It's not a spoiler because we've been saying this for fucking weeks that Miro's <laughs> going to take the title soon from Darby Allen. Um, yeah, I think I think he probably will. Uh, and obviously there's some overlap there. And I think maybe also we could be staring down Archer versus Miro, although, 
you know. Anyway, I think there's a, there's enough overlap there that on one dynamite they're probably going to do a six man tag. Yeah, no, and I'm not these I'd people. Be, I don't. Yeah, I I take that, but yeah, in terms of this at the moment, I I we'll, we'll see, we'll see. I don't think I think it's because we've not seen Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page actually wrestling too much. It's just been them up in the rafters and now they've attacked. So, but in in that sense, I like that they're not really rushing it too much. So I honestly I've, I've I feel what it's like to be a wrestling fan now because I don't think I'm ever satisfied. I want one thing and then I'm like, oh, but why is it not being done this? And yeah, I feel like to, I'm officially in that mode. To be fair, Yeet and Darby Allen down the stairs has increased my in, in, interest in this. Yeah, quite a bit. no, that that was right. that, that was pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie, that was yeah. And I was I I as they were heading towards the stairs, I was like, are they gonna come down the stairs? And it looked like that scene. Looked like that scene in Coronation Street where David pushed Gale down the stairs. And I was just. I mean, <laughs> Americans, uh, particularly our twenty-five percent New Jersey contingent. <laughs> if you haven't seen Coronation Street, David pushing, you are missing out. On co- I mean, to be fair, YouTube it's it, quite YouTube it. YouTube it. Get David pushes Gale. That's all you need to put into YouTube. It'll do the rest. It'll know what you're talking about. It's been remixed. It's been. She had it coming. I assume. Oh. <laughs> David, just that rebellious team. Uh, only on WANK can we be talked about wrestling and then go on to Coronation Street. <laughs> you know, when you just got to push your mum down the stairs. Um, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's big in Canada, Corey. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know how, like, Neighbours and Home and Away here, like yeah. how we just randomly watch these Australian soaps? <laughs> That's how it is in Canada. They just randomly watch Corey. Right. I, I, I really hope that any of our Canadian audience, of which we do have some, are Oh, awesome. balling! Uh, we are also Coronation Street fans and then we got a crossover there and there's that one listener in Canada right now it's like oh my god I know what they're talking about yeah <laughs> be class. she did have it coming that chinless bitch <laughs> <laughs> oh. if you know you know she looks like a bloody turtle anyway next up we had Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, thank you, Jack, versus Julia Hart. I assume no relation to uh, Brett and Owen and the like. Uh, very little to talk about here. Sling blade from Britt is what I've got down. And then a lockjaw attempt was evaded. Uh, Britt hit the air raid crash. She could have had a pin for the three, but decided not to. She wanted to go for sadism and... Uh, Got the glove on and the lockjaw locked in for the tap out. Cut and dry squash match. But the big story is that Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, has got the title match at Double or Nothing versus Hikaru Shida. Jack's excited. Why don't you, why don't you, uh, why don't you have your release? I'm on, getting emotional. On... I've wanted this since I think I first saw Britt Baker in AEW. Maybe not that early because I know when she no, was... No, 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 no. I can confirm it was that early. Uh, we watched... Uh, I remember it was... Was it All In? The, the Fatal 4-Way match with Chelsea Green and two other women. Um, and uh, oh, that's really bad that I can't remember who they were. <laughs> but uh, you... Oh, no, I think one of them was... was Oh, never mind. Uh, was one of them Rachel? Uh, no, it wasn't Rachel Ellering. Was it? I don't fucking know. I've forgotten. <laughs> anyway, Chelsea Green was in it, and uh, that, that's all you need to know. And you said, "Tell you what, I'm rooting for this doctor." You were like, "I'm rooting for the doctor one," you know. And that, so I can confirm it was. I've, from the be, first I've time been you a saw fan. It. I've been a fan. I mean, it, before even because if it, if that was all in, it was either all in or double or nothing. But if it was all in, it was one of them. Anyway, you were. Uh, I think it was all in because Chelsea was, Green was there. 
I was all in for yeah. Dr. Britt Baker DMD, honestly. And that was that was before it was actually AEW, so... This is like one of the moments when you follow a band from the start and then you finally get to see them, like, I don't know, headline the Radio 1 tent at Reading or play, you know. It just feels like a big deal. And it's like, I, I am more than happy to put 100 quid on at the bookies for Britt Baker to win because I'm that confident. This is her time. And if she doesn't win it, I am just going to be fuming because this would be at, at double or nothing. This will be she does one year. She's had the title. That's enough for the women's champ. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's enough, especially for she's done great. Don't go on. Love Sheeta. Um, you know, she's, she's the COVID champ. You know what I mean? I was like, just about to say that. And, you know, and, um, but this Britt Baker from the start has been the one consistent through this promotion. Everyone's right. Rosen, Rosenfall. Rise and fall, rose and fell. Um, she is only risen. Yeah, she she is the only one to have always been in that kind of title picture, and she's had satisfying other things to preoccupy her. She had the obviously when she injured herself, um, and she was she was the queen of the promos. She then came back and had a killer feud with Big Swole, which I'm kind of disappointed it didn't go further. But we had that um, that dentist match, uh, which was cool. In the in our dentist practice, we've had this Thunder Rosa fruit feud, which was the best thing to ever come out of. We AW have to World remind people that Thunder Rosa won that match. Uh, weekly reminder that Thunder Rosa won that match and is nowhere near the title picture. I know. So people think someone's going to go down with that man. That's uh, but that's got... the thing. Is it too soon for them to do do that them two again? Like, yeah, that's that. That's why I think it'd be. You mentioned obviously like a three way would be cool, um, but I just but three ways are always cool, Jack. <laughs> But no, this this just feels like a celebratory moment, um, and I and I will be rooting for Dr. Britt Baker all the way. And and it's not even because I dislike Hikaru Shida, and you know it's just I'm fed up with her champ now, and I need something fresh and new. And this it's fresh, is it. yeah, it's stale. That's it. That's what it is. It's just stale. Yeah, but I'd be all for Shida being champ again to have a second reign because she's. I do think she's a good wrestler. We've just had her at the wrong time. Um, where crowds haven't been there, where they obviously they've been towards it, but you know she's the COVID champ, and it'd be nice to obviously have a have a refresh, have someone new and someone that, like I mentioned in previous um, pod, it have someone that kind of comes in and like your MJF and like your Kennys at the moment, you hate the champ, but you love to yeah. hate him, and that's what Britt Baker is, um, and yeah, Britt Baker for women's champ, let's fucking go. Do you know what I would have liked from Sheeta is about. 20% more edge so she's got the kendo stick but like it always ends up getting used on her or on one yeah. of her teammates I'd like her to just come down just fuck people up with the kendo stick every <laughs> so often do you know what I mean put a, put a hood on her ring attire like hoods always mean you mean business do you know what I mean <laughs> if you've got a hood on coming through the crowd it's like oh shit should they mean business like, do you know what I mean yeah that's what I would have liked to see see from her um, and maybe that can be the case after she's after the after she loses they can yeah. say oh oh she just pissed now do you know what I mean she just um, I wouldn't even say give her a heel run I'd say give her a tweener run where she just like make her the Lance Archer of the women's division where she yeah. just like comes just she just comes out and kicks someone in the fucking head every so often do you know what I mean and I then agree. you're like oh she just snaps do you know what I mean I'd like that <laughs> um, next up we had a little what to make of this it was funny actually uh, you, we had a little video package of Taz analysing Christian Cage's finishes <laughs> this was so unnecessary in a great way do you know what I mean it was 
Well, no, it's like, I, I hate you so much that I'm going to I'm going to break down your finishers yeah. and why you're shit at them. Like, <laughs> that, that was it. What I loved about it is because everyone obviously knows Taz's technique when he used to do it at the early stages of COVID for actually like complimenting a wrestler. And this one was just completely opposite. It was just criticizing like Christian Cage's moves and it was great. He pointed out how uh, he... He being Christian Cage was unable to get the explosiveness needed to pin with the frog splash because he wasn't extending his tendons or whatever enough. Um, and he mentioned how the kill switch uh, was ineffective against you know his boys, his like powerhouse. Um, but but he did hit a picture perfect one at some point. But yeah, uh, yeah it was basically breaking down why uh, why Christian Cage was was had ineffective finishes and they weren't good against him and it's not going to work against this person or that person I think he said Brian Cage so yeah not much to say about this that you haven't already but uh, it's, it's funny stuff I if they can do more stuff like this if they can if Taz can showcase his humour a bit more I'd I'd be more inclined to be on board with Team Taz because Team Taz has felt very stale for me but this was fun next up we had the Varsity Blondes versus Jurassic Express versus SCU versus The Acclaimed. Um, I don't... I didn't remember all of uh, all of The Acclaimed's rap. I do know that they said they were going to retire. Uh, retire Christopher Daniels. They were going to put... Oh, they, they mentioned that uh, the Varsity Blondes would be on Dark Side of the Ring. <laughs> um, that uh, that they were going to retire, retire Daniels. Um that because obviously if SCU lost this match they would they would retire um and they're going to turn turn Luchasaurus into a fossil and then challenge the uh young cucks <laughs> I don't know why no one's made that joke before um they probably have <laughs> but not on AEW uh yeah um I'll just give us a quick run through and by quick as quick as I can with a match of this uh you know how many people there were in it and uh, what was going on Jungle Boy and Kazarian locked up. They traded pin attempts. Caster tagged himself in off Jungle Boy. And then it broke down fairly early. Uh, the, the, I was a little bit critical of that, of it, of it losing control this early. The refs really didn't look good this week. Um, Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison take out Jurassic Express with kicks and double-team Caster uh, for a pin, which is broken up by Kazarian. SCU send Brian Pillman Jr. out of the ring. Flipping neckbreaker from Kazarian. It was a flipping good neckbreaker. Uh, Bowens tagged himself in and beats down Daniels. Caster in. Double team chop block and low drop kick to Christopher Daniels, I assume. Uh, and then get him in a headlock. Caster hit the back suplex on Daniels and Bowens comes back in for a near fall. Daniels battles out of this kind of uh, this beatdown from the acclaimed. And Luchasaurus gets the blind tag on him and starts beating down the acclaimed hits German suplexes the varsity blondes are in on him but uh, the big man or the big dinosaur should I say fights them off also Kazarian gets in and eats a choke slam to the outside onto the varsity blondes from Luchasaurus uh, he he being Luchasaurus tags in Jungle Boy for Death Valley Driver so he hits the Death Valley Driver on one of the acclaimed um, can't remember who apologies and uh, Jungle Boy hit like a reverse Death Valley driver of one one of the acclaimed onto the other one. It was it was a nice little spot. Luchasaurus gets dumped to the floor by Kazarian. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr. takes down Jungle Boy for a two count, uh, but then Jungle Boy gets back up, clotheslines him. Daniels hits the flatliner on the outside to Luchasaurus. I think that pretty much neutralizes him for the rest of the match. 
Uh, Kazarian takes down Pillman Jr. with a clothesline and then delivers one to Jungle Boy. Pillman Jr. rolls up Kazarian, but Kazarian gets the kick out. And uh, he, well, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. goes for a, like a, a move off the ropes, but uh, Kazarian catches him in the tombstone position and Daniels goes up for the BME, the best moonsault ever, but it's, it's the best melts forever, what it is, what they used to do with the Young Bucks, which was a nice little way to finish it. Uh, for the best melts forever for the finish and to make them the number one contenders for the Young Bucks titles. I mean, we knew it was coming. They weren't going to get retired in this match. This was this was the, uh, funny enough, despite being a four-way match, was the easiest call of the night, I think. Um, yeah, what did you think of this match, Jack? I'm going to... Where trying to, what was the first match again? Kenny Omega and yeah, right. It's similar, uh, isn't it? Yeah, it it didn't do too much to me because yeah, you knew it was you knew the result and you knew where it's going and and I did come away with it thinking obviously Christopher Daniels and Frank Zarin looked the best team in it, which is obviously the best to do when the team wins. Um, yeah, no, I was happy with it. I'm I'm sad though because you know next week is the end of SEU. Um, I think. <laughs> think we can say um it, it, wouldn't it be mad if you won a title again i'd love that um, i i would have loved i i this was this was what i said should happen i said they sh- i said they should draw it out longer than they have to be honest and mm-hmm. then have seu win the title and then they could go into the scorpio sky and ethan page thing and i think it should have been scorpio sky and ethan page who retired them do you know what i mean yeah um, but it'll be interesting than, but they, the young bucks are their friends so yeah but it's still, it's still they still might win next week you never know um you mm-hmm. know <laughs> but but no no disrespect you know they they Christopher Daniels is you know a, a legend um you know he is one of the older wrestlers in the company it just it seems to be a foregone conclusion with everybody that this breakup means retirement for Daniels and some singles action for Kazarian doesn't it yeah and I think that's the best thing because Frankie Kazarian and I I have liked him since watching him at AW but definitely in more recent weeks I have thought you are good you know what i mean you were a good wrestler yeah and i think because Do you? jesus do you think it right he did he, fucking patrick did that to yeah, me yeah, yeah. last week <laughs> uh so so that's two for two it's <laughs> your turn next you've got to get one of us next um, uh, next time you're on but but yeah no i think i think it'll be good because you know chris daniels like i said is old so he deserves to you know retire and this is this is a way to do it against your friends and i know from reading um the bucks book obviously how much of a uh, for inspiration. Um, oh, have you depth. read it all? Not all of it. I'm I'm about would I say halfway? Maybe just under halfway. But I've, I've been reading it anyway. And um but yeah how much of an influence Christopher Daniels had on the Bucks growing up, obviously in um California, uh, wrestling over there and you know he was one of the ones that he looked up to so to kinda it'd be in a way a sort of passing the torch. I know obviously it'd be a bit it's a bit different because Bucks are the hill at the moment. So it's not going to be as much of a respectful match. It still might be you never know but this feels like a, obviously it's not going to be storyline wise, but for those that actually know the Buck story and Christopher Daniels and Kazarian story, this very much to me personally, see it as a bit like a passing the torch. Like we would, you know, we're we're the SoCal representatives, mm-hmm. and now and now the Bucks are going to be the ones flying the flag from. And I think it's nice, and you know, as, as sad as it's going to be next week, it's also you know, I think it's the right time. Um, so yeah, because it's either go go out this way or. For the next year, maybe, you know, not have the guaranteed screen time that maybe you deserve, you know what I mean, because others coming up. So I think this is the best thing that can happen for them. Um, agreed. Next up, we had 
a, a promo for the IWGP US title match that we have next week. God, it's stacked next week. We'll talk about that. Oh. Bit. But uh, we see a montage showing Mox's defenses of the US title. Uh, Yuji Nagata, he's against, by the way. Uh, Nagata allegedly called Mox a little punk, and Mox is really pissed off. I, I would say <laughs> this is a little bit of an overreaction from Mox. So let's, uh, let's just compare the two and see if this is a, a, a proportionate response from Mox. Yuji Nagata... It, it, someone actually pointed out to me, said, imagine it was just a mistranslation from Japanese and now Mox is about to murder him because of this. So, Yuji, but let's assume he did. Luigi Nagata called him a little punk. Uh, Mox says Nagata, Nagata is going to learn that his mouth can get him into trouble. He's going to punch a hole through his chest and squeeze his neck and that he'll put him down so he never gets up again. Like, he's like, people are wondering when's the net, when's the time that Eugene Nagata won't get up. Like, fucking hell, Mark. Called you a little punk, and you're like, I will fucking murder him. I will put a hole in his chest and squeeze and squeeze his neck. Like, are you okay? Do you need a hug? It doesn't feel like a thing. Like, if, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I called you a little punk, would you try and murder yeah. Whoa, Mark, turn it down a notch. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, I'm excited for this, um, but yeah, I, I just couldn't help but find this promo hilarious just because it seemed like such an overreaction for Mux. It's like, fucking hell, man, chill out. Uh, um, yeah, exciting times. It is, yeah, we'll discuss it a bit more next week's card, I reckon, but definitely, definitely worth mentioning, definitely hyped for it. Next up, we had Tony Schiavone interviewing the champ, Kenny Omega. Kenny uh, sarcastically hyped the main event. Are you all excited for Blood and Gut? Blood and Gut! I think he's doing a bit of a Vince, really, because yeah, obviously, yeah. obviously people might be forgetting, but just call, Vince actually coined the phrase Blood and Guts. Uh, it was in a conference call, a w, like a, uh, a shareholder conference call. Someone asked him about, uh, you know, is he worried about AEW or whatever? He said, uh, well, I don't think they'll like the Blood and Guts stuff on TNT. Um, you know, the Blood and Guts stuff they do over there. And Cody was like, we're proud to do blood and guts and and so they named a match after it um so yeah uh it seemed like kenny was kind of doing a bit of that he uh he he, he said well that makes one of us when the crowd said they were excited for it so kenny's <laughs> kenny wasn't excited about uh, blood and guts um again obviously it's more than one if the whole crowd are excited it's yeah. a thousand and something but whatever kenny um he said i've been a, i've been collecting goeld he's such a prick like the way he says everything i've been collecting goeld um <laughs> Yeah, mention how he doesn't even want to be there, so Tony should just get on with it. <laughs> Tony announces Pack versus Orange Cassidy for the number one contenders match. Uh, is that happening next week? Yeah. Kenny then hypes up Pack, saying, "You know, he's beaten me once. This is what people want to see. People come to AEW for the best. Pack, he's you know talking about how good Pack is, uh, and then um, OC comes out, and Kenny processes." What Tony Schwani said, his brain catches up that Orange Cassidy is a potential opponent for Double or Nothing, and then starts laughing hysterically. And uh, can't believe it. You know, it's uh, it's an affront having Orange Cassidy as a potential challenger for his title. Uh, Kenny says that OC is a feel good wrestler. He says this was this was this was the low key burn of the night, saying people want to be like Orange Cassidy because they can, because it's easy, but they but they can't be like Kenny. That's why people <laughs> like Orange Cassidy and not him, because they can't be like Kenny. They're they're not good enough to be like Kenny. They'd have to try, but they can be lazy and be like Orange Cassidy. Um, he says the only thing championship material about Cassidy is uh, his shades that he's ripped off from Kenny. Um, 
uh, OC won't take the title, but has taken up his valuable time. At this point, he steals Orange Cassidy's aviator glasses, puts them on Nakazawa. And Kenny says he'll see him in about 10 years when he becomes a fully grown adult. In in the meantime, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll see you wherever and we'll talk about whatever. And obviously did, did his, uh, did Orange Cassidy stick, left Orange Cassidy, stood there, sans sunglasses. Yeah, I assume you, you, uh, to, to borrow a phrase from Don Callis, you Kenny Omega jock sniffer, Jack, you are going to rush to his defense here of, of the, the, the twat in chief. <laughs> no, I've got, I've got to say, this was one of my, and especially when the whole night was based around blood and guts, it's one of my highlights of the night. I fucking love this. And it got like, I think right at the end, I got goosebumps because I was just like, the the thought of having Orange Cassidy versus Kenny Omega main event for the world nothing, title, yeah, was just absolutely. I was like, and the thing is, right? I based uh, thing is the pa- pa- I think that's the main event over packs. I, I think it is. You think about what how the full crowd is going to be. By the way, this is just interjecting now. It's news has come out in the last however long, few, you know, few, today or yesterday, whatever. Yeah. It will be full capacity, at double or nothing. I just think, especially with the crowd's reaction at Blood and, the, the Blood and Guts crowd's reaction to that, obviously, OC coming out, and they obviously were chanting freshly squeezed and all this. Yeah. I just think they've got to do it because Pac's going to have plenty of chances at getting a Kenny, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. The, you, I think this is, this is where you've got to be clever with your booking. Um, and I think, to be fair... I don't know whether they they probably did know who. I mean, face. it's got to be OC anyway, because why why have this segment otherwise? Do you know what I mean? That that's what I mean, and I think as well that maybe it could have been. Obviously, everyone knows OC is a fan favorite, um, and everyone knows whoever's whoever. Actually, that's the point. Whoever's main eventing with Kenny double or nothing, everyone already knows they're not going to win. No one's going into that double or nothing main event thinking they're going to take the gold off Kenny yep. because they know it's too soon. So why give it to Pac as someone who deserves to be a world champ? I know yeah. OC does, yeah. but oh, o- hot take. Hot take. OC's more of a TNT champ as it stands. So why not just do it for the shits and giggles? And Pac he's also a, fucking... a massive fucking draw. Like, you could put him in the main... You yeah. Know, do you know what I mean? People so... would watch that because Kenny Omega is, as they mention it, the greatest wrestler at, the, at this current time. And... Um, Love has entered the chat, <laughs> and um, and OC is the greatest kind of um, gimmick kind of wrestler. Is gimmick is that the word I want to use, Tom? You know yeah, what I mean? It is. Yeah, um, gimmick wrestler at, at this current. So why not put him? It's gonna it's gonna sell, um, and and people like I said, people aren't dumb. People are gonna go into this knowing Kenny's gonna win, but they don't want to see that. They want to see the build up because there will be killer build up to this. You can already tell with obviously. Also- also, even though, even though, like we always say this, they can't, you know, they can't win, they can't win. And it's so funny that we are so aware of these facts. We are aware that Ri- we are aware that Rich Swan won't beat Kenny Omega. We're aware that you know this person might be this, but you know, but their job is to convince us in that moment that it's that it might happen, do you know yeah. what I mean? And they do. And this is the thing, it we could we could predict a hundred times and be right a hundred times and yet still with decent decent storytelling in the match, they they it's their job in matches like this to insert the little bit of doubt doubt and they did that in the rebellion match. They did that. I, I had I had a moment of doubt. I was yeah. like, could he? Definitely. What? And then and afterwards you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? Of course Rich One wasn't gonna beat Kenny Omega, but 
that's think, the job. Do you know I what I mean? I think Kenny does that really well in his matches. He brings out, and that's why I said earlier, he brings out the other wrestler really well, and he does yeah. make you think the other wrestler. So, yeah, obviously we can't confirm till next week who it is going to be at double nothing. But as much as I love both, because OC and Pac have been some of my favourites um, in AEW, and I just think if you're going to have Pac versus Kenny, have it when, you know, Kenny's... I was about to say more established. It's not that he's not established, but like maybe with another gold round his waist and maybe a little bit more time as champ. So it's a bit more doubtful that he'll drop it. At this current stage, I just don't think it's worth pulling the trigger on that, especially where Pat has a more realistic chance of winning the title than OC. That's just, just my opinion. What's left for Kenny to win, though? Don't you say RWGP? I don't think that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's go trying to think what would be a <laughs> fuck it ROH Ring of Honor yeah yeah, or or NWA but I already know and, oh um, you, then the NWA aren't gonna yeah I mean Nick, Nick Aldis is on like in a thousand day reign nearly or something that's it's what ridiculous. I mean ridiculous I'm pretty sure I've watched some sort of YouTube video where they were saying about um, what who who um was it who it was like who AEW are gonna sign or feature anyway and they said about oh no who they almost signed I think it was Nick Aldis was one of them um, and yeah I think but thing is, it... thing is, there's there's uh there's there's two types of people I'd say who hate Kenny Omega. One of them are WWE fanboys who hate anyone who has the audacity to be famous out and to get famous outside of the WWE yeah. system. The other are Jim Cornette marks, and Jim Cornette marks. The, the the probably the highest concentration of them will be NWA fans. So I just I I don't see it going well if um if Kenny Omega won the NWA title because they've got a thing is the NWA it's is serious wrestling at the same time pretending it's still the eighties with their presentation like with their uh you know their power presentation. So you know it's it's people who we don't have time for this flippy shit. It's all about, you know, it's, it's, it, it's like, it's like, um, it's like FTR's old gimmick, uh, no flips, just fists. Do you know what I mean? That's the kind of mantra of NWA. They like, they like their serious wrestling, Southern wrestling. They don't like any of this, uh, this flippy shit. So if Kenny Omega, who has wrestled a seven year old girl and a sex doll, um, was to, <laughs> was to, who they say is, you know, they're the people that shout killing the business. Do you know what I mean? If he took the NWA title and ended, uh, around a thousand day reign they would just be furious so yeah I, I can't see it in a million years being the end I think it's more likely for him to win the IWGP title from Osprey or whoever um, well that's a bit of a spoiler for later on um, uh, than it is for him to win the NWA I think that's the least likely other than maybe a WWE title yeah. that's probably the least likely <laughs> next up we had an interview with Miro which was our last uh, last bit before, before the main event he uh presents his contract to a huge pop because I think it's what everyone was waiting for his contract for a Darby Allen match what which the thing I love about this is that at no point has this really been mentioned I mean he mentioned that he was calling out all the champions you know but at no point have they really stressed any program with him and Darby Allen no point have they ever shown any reaction and yet everyone was talking about it do you know what I mean so it's like you know they knew um, so he presented this contract for a match with Darby Allen. says Darby can throw himself down all the stairs he wants there's no escaping him so like, <laughs> like he's trying to you know trying to get out of it says he doesn't want a forfeit from Darby Allen because he doesn't need handouts um, and he said we're going to find out what happens when the man who doesn't mind dying comes up against the man who doesn't mind killing him which was just a badass fucking line yeah I thought um, that was class 
I can't I can't believe this is on the card for next week with with everything else we got as well. It's fucking insane, man. Honestly, and this is this is one where I go straight in and say Miro's taking it. Yeah. Because because you can't bury Miro like that. I know Darby. No. I know Darby survived fucking Matt Hardy's spots which should have killed him I know Derby survived Jungle Boy who I was convinced at the time was going to take it but this has surely got to be a step too far oh, be. surely he because can't, he can't he can't he can't he's gonna especially he's been weakened by being thrown down the stairs now as well yeah, you know and, I mean? yeah. and then and that's that's some protection for him that he can then go into a program with uh, Scorp and Ethan and say you cost me this title because you chucked me down some fucking stairs a week but stone stairs a week before I had my title match you know exactly but wouldn't it be so AW right now to still put over Derby over Miro and then nah, bury Miro for a little uh, mate no that, they like they like keeping their former WWE guys happy to be honest they like they put the titles on FTR which to be honest that FTR title reign was a bit uninspiring um, yeah definitely you know Jericho Mox you know they get their belts and, and I reckon Pac, the only reason Pac hasn't yet is because there's just not enough titles and they've got too many former WWE guys to put over do you know and they I mean? don't but, want to um, put Pac on a TNT when he deserves Bro- more Brody Lee title Brody as well. um, yeah, that's true you know they they get they, they do they do um, they reward jumping ship do you know what I mean yeah uh, definitely so but I think it's a fair, fair game but yeah Miro if he takes it off Derby then it'll, I'll be very intrigued to see who he gets at double nothing or who or to be fair knowing AW that's Archer yeah that'd be a cool one but then also you can tell we're going to do like a double nothing like like they always do they always do like a qualifier match don't they for, um, yeah. and that'll um, probably be for the to be, TNT to be honest I think it would be a bit soon to pull the trigger on Lance Archer but I mean that would be such a fucking war I'd love that yeah. um, you know that would book itself to be honest but who would be a realistic like first one for Miro would you reckon if it wasn't Lance Archer um, and, it, and, it, and it wasn't it, yeah no let's, let's go for a double nothing one so it's got to be yeah, a pay per view draw how would I book it? Um, I, I would. I would say maybe bring one of the impact guys over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're going to use that cross promotion. This is the thing. They're going to get squashed to shit. Do you know what I mean? But um, you got to you got to put someone that isn't isn't too big. Do you know what I mean? You can't. That's what I mean. They they might end up going for Lance Archer this early at double or nothing, but I'm not sure they should because Mira's got to win it. Do you know what I mean? And it will it will squash Lance Archer a bit. Yeah. Um, and it's the same. Same rule with if they brought over someone like Moose from, and I mean, to be honest, Moose should be in the world title picture anyway. Um, so they have to be someone that's smaller. I could see Ray Phoenix being a good one. Yeah, that'd be sick. To be fair, I'd see that. I I just think with Miro, they if anything, they might have overpowered him for the TNT Challenge title. You know what I mean? Where yeah, because who'd you put be, him against them? Exactly. But that that's that's the beauty of what we do. We get to review this shit and we get to you know, make these predictions, which is cool. And Ray Phoenix, I'd say, is a good one. Maybe even Penta as well. Um, you know, that's... I of... still, I think Penta should be in a world title picture, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. I, I think there's... That's the beauty of AEW. They do have world-class stars that can cross over for any of the titles. And that's what makes the TNT a lot more valuable than it could have been because because of the the pre- pre- prestige and sort of like the measure of the stars that are... Like Miro is a, Miro is a world champ. But yeah. he's go- but he's going for the TNT champ, and that puts respect on the belt. Yeah, exactly. It? And there's there's a lot of promos where they make the second it's the second tier title, but you know through good booking it makes it so that it feels as big or or, yeah. or ju- 
just almost as big. And to give you some examples, um, on I say so DDT, their their main one is the KOD, uh, the KOD Open Weight Championship, and it's currently held by Jun Akiyama. Um, he's kind of a legend, so it's like that. You know, he doesn't defend it as much. Um, Yuki Ueno, who holds the uh, what is it called, the Universal Title? Yeah, um, he's he's been defending it all the fucking time, like every pay-per-view, every other pay-per-view. So it's like that now feels, because of him defending, that now feels like it, it, as good as the top title. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, stardom, for a long time, it's been the the red and white belt. The red belt's officially the top one, but the white belt's felt almost as, as important as it for a long time. Um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, their intercontinental title, which obviously they've just unified with the world title, that uh, at one point, because this was back when Naito, if you can believe this, there was a time when this was the case, uh, Naito was so hated by the fans, like like go away heat, not like heel heat. He wasn't over at all. Uh, to the point, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm always positive it was Naito. Yeah, and uh, he was booked in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom for the world title. Um, but there was such strong backlash to it that they had to do a poll uh, to see uh, what the main event of Wrestle Kingdom would be, and fans voted for it to be the Intercontinental Championship match, which I think it was between Shinsuke Nakamura and Hiroshi Tanahashi. I'm not. Sure. Yeah, um, but um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure of that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was it. I can't remember. But uh, anyway, they voted for the Intercontinental title to main event Wrestle Kingdom. So yeah, uh, someone like Miro holding the TNT title can only elevate it. Um, and I'd love to see that. I'd love to see people who could be going for the world title going for the TNT title to the point where it feels like almost it's never going to feel as big as the AEW Championship, but like almost like a mm. nine point five out of ten to the to the AEW Championship's ten. Next up, it's the moment we've all been waiting for. It's the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle in the Blood and Guts match. We have a lot to cover here. So I think we're going to go through it until until the bells, the pre-match stuff, technically the pre-match stuff, or that's, you know, it's part of the match. But we'll, uh, we'll review the pre-match first, then the match, then post-match. I'll, get, uh, I'll tag my partner Jack in. Oh, that's only gay. <laughs> And incestuous. With a hot tag. My partner. Um, yeah, I'll tag you in uh, at regular intervals. Uh, first off, it was Santana and Ortiz came out looking like the Gorillas of Destiny, just FYI. Um, well, back when they used to do face paint. Um, the starting ones, anyway, was Sammy and Dax Harwood. Sammy Guevara launches himself into uh, into Dax over the ropes. Some great back and forth that ends with uh, a backflip to a dropkick from Sammy. He backflips over Dax as he's running, hits with a dropkick. Dax hits a massive spinebuster, though, to take the window of, out of Sammy's sails. Goes for a pin on instinct, but there's no pins in this match. Harwood chops Sammy in the corner and Sammy fights out and slams Dax's head into the turnbuckle, taking out the turnbuckle camera, uh, in fact. The two end up on the ropes trying to ram each other's head into the cage. Dax drops onto the rope and tweaks his knee. Uh, Sammy throws Dax into the cage back and forth, one side then the other. This is when Dax gets busted open. And boy, is he a bleeder. Uh, Sammy hits a... Great cutter, I must say, off the ropes. And this at this point, we have our first kind of regulation entrant who didn't start out. Uh, and that is Sean Spears enters with a chair. Sammy stops the chair shot, but 
um, ends up eating a sit-out powerbomb, and Spears places the chair between the ropes. Guevara battles out against the two-man disadvantage, but ends up eating the chair from Spears also. Um, at this point, Ortiz storms into the match and uh, throws a chair at somebody. I mean, I, I think I did well just keeping up as well as I did, to be honest with you. Um, he drives uh, a chair into the throat of, I believe... Um, spears anyway and uh throws throws it back at dax's head um and then chokes dax on the ropes and we see a really kind of visceral image of dax's bloody face getting getting his uh, neck stomped on spears and guevara eye each other down from opposite rings and then jump up onto the ropes uh to, yeah so they're kind of balancing on the top of each of their respective ropes sammy hits a spanish fly off the ropes crowd goes wild I'm salivating so much because of how much I've got to read. Um, <laughs> I can do this. I can do this. Sammy goes for the uh, kind of springboard attack but fails. Uh, Cash comes in to make it a 3v2. We get an assisted brain buster uh, from FTR on uh, Sammy, I believe. Sammy gets thrown into the cage by Spears. And Cash is, at this point, grinding Ortiz's face into the into the chain link and hits a gory special on him into the cage. Santana comes in hot and takes, taking on both of FTR. At this point, Ortiz introduced the barbed wire into the match, grinding it into Dax's head. And the war dog comes in. He takes on Santana, Ortiz, and Guevara in a 3v1. Uh, and we get uh, a lot of a lot of battle in there. Um, and it's it's not I, I don't know how they did the timing with this because sometimes the the time increments didn't seem you know to match up with what it should be but anyway then we get big hurt jake hager in and he is just smashing everybody they're saying this is how wardlow should have come in you know one by one rather than three on one uh hits a hager bomb on cash uh spears uh taps to the ankle lock from hager but the bell hasn't rung yet so his submission does not count and we get the face-off we've all been waiting for when Wardlow and Hager meet. I still maintain this would have been better if they had kept up the staring at each other thing all this time and, and hadn't hadn't met beforehand. Uh, and we get this kind of big hoss fight between the two. Um, MJF enters to asshole chance. Uh, Wardlow takes out Hager's knee, I believe, with a chop block. While MJF, you know, he wouldn't, he was, he's facing off with Hager. He's distracted, so Wardlow takes him out. And at this point, the Pinnacle are dominating, and they all gang up on Santana in one ring. Jericho enters into the other ring, so they they mercifully, perhaps a bit uncharacteristically, throw Santana back to his boys. And we get a five v five standoff and a charge as the bell rings. Jack, woo. What about this stuff so far? You know, give us give us a uh, <laughs> give, give us a your rundown on this on this action. Give me a break, yeah, <laughs> mate. Honestly, so I let I just want to put it out there. Never seen a blood and guts match before. Again, another stipulation. war games. That's how William Regal says it. So I, I was aware of the stipulation. I knew what was involved, um, but I'd never seen it personally. I was very hyped for the elite in a circle one last year. Obviously, that got cancelled. Um, and and I don't know whether you'd agree with me, but I'm intrigued to see. I think this was more fitting of a blood and guts and elite versus in a circle. I think there's. Well, I, I think I think with the, with the history behind the match as well and the pinnacle, how they're supposed to be like this this throwback faction. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah, that, that's quite fitting. And I think because in the circle we're heel, so let's just for this match for the sake of it, um, is is sort of like a heel versus heel. I know in the circle now face, but they're they're badass guys. 
Whereas Elite are more obviously at the time were face obviously they're heel now, so it could work a bit more now. But obviously at yeah. the time, at the time, I think it. I think this is the this was the better choice. So I'm glad they went for it now. Um, the parents, the the one off. I was surprised that Dax went before Sean Spears because um, the fact that after Dax was then Sean Spears. And then it was followed up by one of the members of the tag team, followed up by the second member like of the tag team. Like we said before, they've all the got their counterpart, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, so. So, so I found it weird, but the commentary mentioned that Tully just uh, said for Dax to go first because he's got more stamina, he can mm-hmm. last the longest, that makes sense. And obviously we knew Sammy wanted to go for it. Um, and I don't know about you, but I was very impressed with all of them. Um, I thought... For this match, I thought it suited some better than others, but overall, when, from what I'm watching, I thought everyone played their part. There's sometimes in these sort of matches where, you know, someone gets lost. I think they did a good job up until where we're talking to now uh, of including everyone. I thought, in a way, um, and again, up to where we are, I do think the inner circle overpowered the pinnacle from my point of view. I think the inner circle... Disagree. Look. I have the facts down here. Inner oh. Circle overpowered them in the second bit. At ah. this point, the Pinnacle were definitely on top until, obviously, the bell rang. Yeah, well, uh, it, uh, yeah, that, that doesn't seem you've got the facts yet. So they go. I can't argue that. But can't I can't argue. Lawyered. That's it. But um, but no, it was. Well, what what can I say? I like I said, had goosebumps. This was awesome. Everyone, everyone on this podcast surely knows now. I love my stipulation matches. If it's a stipulation, guaranteed love it. And this did not disappoint. So we said there was the uh, standoff and the charge as the bell went. And at this point, Chris Jericho goes nuts with a baseball bat, hitting everybody. Uh, Spears goes to climb up the side of the cage for some reason. There's no lid on it. Uh, Jericho <laughs> follows him up and chokes him in the bars, the wider bits, not the uh, not the chain link. Bit brutal. Looked like he was about to get, like, I mean, that could have killed him if he'd, like, <laughs> slipped. Do you know what I mean? Um uh, yeah, uh, but he uh, he ends up down and attacks. Oh no, he doesn't attack Wardlow. It must have been Jericho attacked Wardlow with a chair. Of course, so much going oh, on. I, here, was, I was doing I was so doing much. so well. I was doing so well. Um, <laughs> FTR then exposed the boards uh, underneath the uh, underneath the canvas underneath the uh, mat and Jack, as you pointed out. Sean Spears unlocked the turnbuckle. Um, Ortiz, though, I think on Spears, sne- wait, on two people actually, snuck up with a mad ball attack. He had uh, he had the, the mad ball out, the uh, bo- uh, pool balls in a sock or whatever. Um, so the tide turned then. This was about when the tide turned to the inner circle and they got, they being Santana Ortiz, got FTR up for pile drivers with a spike from Sammy onto the boards that FTR exposed. Uh, Jericho then hits a codebreaker on Spears and the inner circle fully take charge. This is a point where you said, Jack, Sammy hit the coast to coast, the Shane McMahon move where they put, it's usually, Shane McMahon usually does it with a trash can. They did it with the chair. Um, from one turnbuckle to the other, um, Jericho hits Which my jerk off. Say, very yep. impressive from Sammy being able to reach yeah. that far across the ring. I thought that was class. I mean, yeah, it is. It's more impressive from Shane McMahon to be honest. To be able to do it, if you go back <laughs> and watch Small Shane, because this dude is just like a fucking yeah. a, a total total suit, and yet he, you know, he whips out this move. We'll have to, I'll have to go back and show you some of it. It's pretty, it's pretty mind blowing when you see it coming from him. I think Shane McMahon actually hit a. I might be imagining this. This might be a fucking fever dream, but I swear he hit. Uh, he went for like a shooting star press in his match with AJ Styles. No, that that can't be right. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Slide in my DMs. What <laughs> happened in that match? Um, 
WANK podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, back to the match. Yeah. Um, Jericho hits my jerk off friend with the turnbuckle. Not my friend, thankfully. Um, and uh, my jerk off friend then gets forked by Santana. Santana <laughs> gets, the, gets the fork out, stabs him in the head. Wardlow tries and is briefly successful to fight everybody off. This was this was a real face moment from Wardlow. You see the makings, don't you? You see the makings of a future feud with him and MJF when he turns on him because this boy he's got heart. The War Dog. I I really I I'm gonna say Wardlow. I think is the most underrated wrestler, and they don't give him enough time. I, I'm, enough. I'm exactly the same, but I think uh, I think they will. I think just at the moment he works as a really good sort so- of bodyguard. But he's he's old. He's a late starter. Like he needs, they need to. You know, now is the time. I think. But again, like you said, they've got they they do have to wait until a natural opening, and they've only just formed this group, so they can't have him turn on it, on um, on, you know, uh, the pinnacle just yet. I do think he should be the first one to leave, though. Um, yeah. Uh, we get more power drivers on the boards from Santana and Ortiz. They, this this was a point, to be honest, this was the downtime in the match, and this is when they were trying to stretch out, I think, during commercial breaks towards the end. Um, there was like three commercial breaks during this match, so... I that heard kind a lot of, really, of complaints about that. Yeah, Last it disrupted the flow, and this point did get quite slow, um, to be honest. It was still the match of the night for me, but, like, it was maybe an 8 out of 10, the match for me in the end, uh, uh, purely because of this kind of stuff, where it, it did lose its... lose it. That, that's a legitimate criticism, I think. But, I mean, what can they do? Do you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's television. It's TV, it's not pay yeah. yeah. And to get a match like this on TV is, is special in itself. So you take the rough with this move. Um, at this point, Tully goes after the referee, Bryce Remsberg, not being very nice to Bryce, uh, beats him down, takes the key off him, and unlocks the cage... MJF, my jerk off friend, climbs the cage and Chris Jericho comes out and follows him after hitting Tully with the cage door. Um, Jericho, they come back from the break here and Jericho gets the walls of Jericho locked in atop the cage. Um, and it looks like we're going to get a tap out from MJF until a we get a cock shot from MJF, a low <laughs> blow. Um, I, one of my favourite calls of the night was uh, he's going they said he's gonna tap he's gonna tap and then he he uh he did the low blow and they're like oh and he certainly did like as a sack tap <laughs> um uh, at <laughs> this point uh mjf gets the fujiwara armbar the salt of the earth in on jericho jericho is is jericho gonna tap of course he's bloody not um but uh mjf gets in i think he lets up for a bit and then he gets in again and then bites jericho um jericho's still not giving up so at this point, he resorts to threatening to throw Chris Jericho off the cage. Um, and, I mean, I might as well talk about all this now. Yeah, yeah, we'll do, it, about, do, yeah. It, do it, um, He threatens to throw Chris Jericho off the cage. The inner circle, they can't get up in time. They're like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Uh, Sammy Guevara, especially, uh, distressed and concerned for Chris Jericho. Um, and says, we surrender, just don't throw him off the cage. And the Pinnacle win, their music hits with a bloodied MJF uh, looking victorious on the cage. I did miss the point where they had a very evil look from him when he goes to uh, throw Chris Jericho off. Um, and, you know, the commentary team are, oh, just the th- fact that he was thinking of doing it. And then, of <laughs> course, he bloody does do it. So MJF, uh, despite despite already having won, throws Chris Jericho off the cage. Chris Jericho goes through the entrance ramp. More on that in a second. Um, and as, uh, as P. 
people, the inner circle and the medical staff are attending to Jericho, MJF bends down on top of the cage and says, thank you, <laughs> as he said he would to close the show. Good stuff, good stuff. Jack, run us back a little bit and talk about the match and then tell us what you thought that after the match. Yeah, okay, match. Um, so this was the point, obviously, in a circle. Uh, looked like the more dominant force, and they did. I fought over the whole match, and again, let me know the facts don't tell the truth. Was it a 50-50 split, or would you agree the inner circle looked the more powerful? Uh, over the over the, again, I mean, it was a, it was a tail of two halves really. It was before the match the pinnacle were because yeah. obviously they had that man advantage. But then after Jericho came in, they were just yeah the inner circle were just laying waste yeah. to them for a little while for quite Fairs. a while. Um, like I said, it, it probably felt like a long portion of the match because they were dragging out the inner circle stuff, the inner circle being in charge over the commercial break, and they wanted to come back in with uh, Jericho climbing the cage after MJF. So yeah, I, I loved it though. I loved also especially in the cage four they ended up going on the top. The the look of just pure like. It's just, it's just scared MJF. He looked, he looked, he's really good with his facial expressions because you know, all bloodied and stuff. Like, and I just love how it's sort of obviously he's pleading, isn't he? But it's just like in the circle, they're like, "Nah, you, you fucked with us, man!" Like, they're obviously you punishing. fucked up. You have fucked up now. You know, <laughs> you, you have fucked up now. And of course, I knew as soon as Dax and um, Cash were um, unveiling the the wooden. Bit of the stage, you knew immediately that they were the ones that were going to be on it. <laughs> Wrestling wrestling. logic. Yeah, uh, the Sean Spears unbuckling the uh, turnbuckle. I thought that was cool. Um, well, yeah. he was the one that got hit with that as well, I think, from Jericho. Yeah, uh, they're, they're just setting up their own spots at this point, aren't they? They're like, oh no, no, he hit and you know, Jericho hit MJF with the turn, but still his own team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so. very, very cool. As I mentioned, that um, the Shame at Man um, jump. Sammy did that was that was close to coast yeah really really cool um I was really impressed with that I was impressed uh, as always Sammy Guevara has you know Sammy just, Guevara he has quality. so nice to see him see him in what, yeah. what they say it's been like a so long it's time. been a long it's been a long 70 time. days this is like that. it's in February anyway he's just got pure star power running through him like he he deserves the TNT champ at some point mm-hmm. like because He's just incredible, and I feel like I, I feel sorry for Sammy because everyone knows he's so good, but he also is the one to take all the main bumps for the team. Um, because he's so good at it, and I've actually got a point on that in a bit. So remember that yeah. about Sammy Guevara's ability to take bumps. Alrighty, alrighty. Um, yeah, and the the only other thing I want to mention before is I know I, know I, I seem to slag off Hager a bit, but I thought Hager looked cool here. Um, Dude, I, I've always rated Hager. I actually liked his run as world champion in uh, WWE. I just, he's just not got charisma. Do you know what I mean? No. He's got, he's got the QT Marshall disorder. Yeah, um, he, he, do, he does. It's, it's a shame because he, you know, he, he has good wrestling ability. He just doesn't obviously have the, the, the promos kind of side of him and as you say charisma he's not got that kind of if you, you've judged him based on his wrestling he's cool but that's why i like how he's kind of the similar to wardlow i believe wardlow's probably better I and mean, he is better than the mic but they've all, they're like the bodyguard yeah, kind I've, of I've liked what i've seen wardlow on the mic this this the, the yeah moments um but i just thought yeah you, you obviously didn't play by play speaks to main points um in ring there's nothing too much i want to add um other than I just thought it was cool. I, I would be terrified to be the two cameramen that were in the ring. I was thinking that. I was like, yeah. just being there, stuck in the corner, like, please don't hurt me. <laughs> like, imagine. But, um, but now, obviously, the main talking points up on the ring. I, I love this this um, 
this move. Obviously, then finishing it up there, I thought that was, you know, it added to it. It also, in a in a blood and guts that was with a crowd, I thought it was also, obviously, it didn't have to, but it was in full view of the crowd then. They, they obviously wouldn't have to, obviously, with the idea of blood and guts, obviously, the uh, the cage surrounded, so obviously it is hard to see for the fans there. So I imagine most of them probably watching on the screen, um, or trying to watch it on obviously on the um, in the ring as best they can but with the cage blocking it. So it's nice, obviously, ending it on the top, so everyone can fully see the end and they don't have to look at the screens. Um, yeah, love how love how um, MJF managed to turn it around when he looked like he was all gone. Um, the the heel nut shot, um, and yeah, obviously the end now. I'll, I'll break it up into parts. So, obviously, the ending, as you mentioned, uh, the inner circle surrendered. Now, again, I've seen I've seen a lot of criticism, but this is, like I said, just from Reddit, and everyone likes to have a moan. Um, the surrendering, people, I've seen people moan. Now, come on, let's be realistic. Were they, if they, if they ended it with him, you know, um, if with him being pushed off and then, obviously, whatever, him surrendering once he's pushed off, whatever, that would just be stupid. Um, yeah. It, and the obviously because the inner circle are never going to let their friend be pushed off. They they want you know they want to save him. So that's why they surrendered. And then um, so that was that was I thought it was really stupid criticism from people. Uh, again, I think it's just people hating MJF because he's young and he's got this star power already. Um, and then obviously the main talk. You, you do have to with AEW as well. You do have to take into consideration bad faith actors who you know, just hate watch the product. And watch yeah, it on exactly. Anything. Exactly. But this is the main point. Obviously we're going to discuss this. feels like, feels like we always end up doing this with um, the biggest information matches. Cause it was the same with the barbed wire match um, at revolution where obviously you got hate this one, this one, I felt okay with the revolution one. It, it was, a, I think there's a bigger talking point than this because, and right. So MJF pushes Chris Jericho off. Obviously this was from, I guess the commentary maybe is why people had criticism because they keeped on saying that obviously it was uh, it was metal that they he was going through. It was the metal stage, all this, and obviously he went through. But in previous AEW incident, incidents, when they've had some pretty big spots, um, specifically a Matt Hardy one, where um, obviously he hurt himself under concrete, ended up, and everyone was moaning that the match continued and, you know, it was unsafe from AEW. So everyone in that circumstance, and I remember it was all—it was it all out, or it was it? Yeah, it was all out. I think mm-hmm. um, ev- everyone was moaning, saying AEW's unsafe. Um, I can't believe they let this happen. Uh, so AEW, then right? We can't, we can't. You know, Chris Jericho is, you know, an old man. Uh, even even a young <laughs> man or whatever wouldn't it wouldn't be suitable. That is a that that is Ray High from where he is. MJF is <laughs> MJF. <laughs> I don't know why that just made me laugh. The idea of like you saying it that is very high. That is a very high Be- place he's because, coming from. Because pe- <laughs> people are being stupid. All right. So, yeah. So obviously, this, this has got your goat, hasn't it? Honestly, because I don't. It's it just annoys me because I love AEW and I'm, and we always slag it off on this podcast, which is obviously why we do a podcast to to celebrate. We're objective. We're we're good. We're good. Yeah, we're, good. Exactly. We're, we're, we're good hosts. So he pushes Jericho off. Now I'm not going to lie to you, Tom. If that was a real spot and it was real metal, he is going to break his back yeah. or have serious more injuries. Everyone goes on about the star power Chris Jericho has. The fact, you know, he is a main reason why people tune into AW or at least make the move. 
if they put him out or end his career like this, do they like what the? F- of course, I don't. I don't think the criticism is that he didn't go onto real metal. I think the criticism is the fact that it was so obviously cardboard yeah, okay, and not, okay. and not they didn't paint it enough or they didn't, um, you know, they didn't just make it look less yeah. like. Okay, cardboard. okay, that that's you know, um, that's <laughs> it is fair criticism, but then again, it's kind of like, but does that it? With okay, but you know, no, 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 no. I, I agree with you because because I can't remember a time that I didn't see a huge spot in WWE like this, and I didn't see the crash mats and people about this shit. Like talk about Shane McMahon jumping off the Titan Tron. Um, there's the you know there's uh, there was what there was one where he was in a match with the Big Show. There's also one where he was in a match with Shane, Steve Blackman. Stephen Blackman, I what, think. What was the what was the WrestleMania one that I remember? Watching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went off the Hell in a Cell. Yeah, um, and you could. This is the thing in all of these instances and through the announce table, you can see the crash mats. Do you know what I mean? You can see the crash mats inside the, um, you know, in the in in, in when they land. But you just you, you know, you you take it. Do you know what I mean? You take you you take it as the fact that it's going to happen. I suppose. I suppose this was not as far a fall as those, and that's probably why people... I don't know. People probably just have this invisible line of how dangerous a spot has to look. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can see the criticisms. I think I think people are making too much of it, because I enjoyed it. I mean, my, I was watching it with someone, they were like, well, that's clearly cardboard. And I was like, shush, just Im- immerse yourself. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah no, like, exactly. And that's just, that's just the rules, do you know what I mean? There's this unspoken rule. And we're talking about this unspoken rule of, of how much you suspend disbelief in wrestling. I think this was well within the boundaries of suspending disbelief. I think the explosions weren't. And yeah. I, think that's why, I think that's why people booed, and rightly so, at Revolution. This... You know, people went. The people in the in the in the in the crowd at, at the actual place went wild for it, and that's because it's within the boundaries of suspending your disbelief. Like, like whereas whereas sparklers uh, as an yeah. explosion are no, not. No, you know that mean? that was a legit mistake on their behalf, and they obviously apologised and they played on it. This this wasn't. But the funniest thing I saw on Reddit was um next week at AEW, Kenny's going to come out and say that it was him that built, yeah. <laughs> built the stage round. Yeah, I saw that as well. Yeah. <laughs> I um, thought that was funny. But no, but other, other than that, obviously that's my only criticism. I completely agree why people obviously aren't annoyed as much as it wasn't a metal, just the fact they can see it. But, you know, that's just, it is what it is. At the end of the day, no one, I mean, we watch wrestling because we love wrestling, but no one's obviously, these things, they're, they're not real, okay? Let's just... You know, no in- <laughs> predetermined, Jack, not fake. <laughs> but, um, but obviously, it's still real to like, me, damn it. That's right. My closing comment on that bit was: I just want to, no one, no one should think it was metal. But other than that, the result. I mean, we predicted it. I think on the podcast last week. Mm-hmm. I was um, it had to be, it and it, to be. yeah, because I think the inner circle can recover from you know this more than if if the pinnacle lost. I think it'd be harder for them to recover. Where they need the, they need this push because if they it's, they're a new faction. Their, their obviously claim is that they are the pinnacle of AEW. They're the top ones, mm. and um, they, they just look they, like a joke if they didn't lose their exact, first. You know, exactly. This thing. is their yeah. So um, and as we mentioned before, you know, Jay Cargill's race that'll be then and adding the female member. I think that'd be cool. Um, I'm just she would I'm, see them. I'm intrigued to see where this goes now because I don't think this is the end of the feud. Um, I've seen a lot of people obviously agree, and I think there's going to be further MGF. Uh, Chris Jericho or MGF Sammy well, storylines down. Uh... Well, this 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 goes really well into what I was telling you before about Sammy Guevara and how he sells. Yes, here um, we go. Your turn. So yes. 
So we, you were talking about Reddit. This was actually, I have to give credit. I don't know their username, but this is something I saw on Reddit. People are talking about what would it have been better if Sammy was the one who yes, got off the, I saw off the this. Yeah, yeah. And, and what do you reckon? I reckon they're right. I reckon they're uh, right. And I, I and I, for for a few reasons, can I say? Do you want to? Do no, 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 no. Thank you. Right. Well, firstly. Sammy is younger and can take bumps better than Chris Jericho. So, point one, they may have been able to make it look more dangerous and they may have been able to make it less safer while still safe if Sammy Guevara had taken it instead of Chris Jericho. Point two, they were talking about, like, Sammy Guevara's the young one with his career ahead of him and stuff like that, and it would have been this kind of more emotional note if uh, Chris Jericho was the one that, after Sammy betrayed him, or seemed to, but then came back, and then, you know, he, he volunteered to be first and stuff, and then he was, you know, because of Chris, he was going to get hurt. It's more emotional that way. And and three, and this is this is my own kind of point on it, if if it had been Sammy Guevara and they wrote Sammy off for a while, again 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 it really fits with him not being in a match for a while. And this the match where he comes back and he just gets is is it's got Greek tragedy written all over it. Um, they they could they could have the match with Chris Jericho and MJF and this this you know it, it would be this driving factor for Chris Jericho going into a match with MJF, but. It it would also set up um um a big feud with say say MGF wins the feud with Chris Jericho he beats Chris Jericho and then after the match, Sammy Guevara's music hits and the crowd goes fucking wild as this you know you thought Sammy was out for longer but he just comes back and he's like you know he means business and and um, MGF's like well you shouldn't be back yet and maybe they could have you know left it to all out or so that would be a bit too long to be honest they'd probably have to even though it deserved a bit a longer wait it would deserve Sammy to be out for longer. Um, it, they just couldn't wait to all out with him off television, so it'd have to be a double or nothing. But they could have had the match between Jericho and MGF at double or nothing, and just have nothing, no word from Sammy. You know, he's laid up, and then he comes out after the match after MGF wins or something. Um, that would be wild. I'd love. And this is the thing: is you, you, you've got the, by pushing Jericho off, you've really only got one feud you can do. But I think if you'd pushed. Because I don't think the fever pitch is... I don't think it's at enough of a fever pitch between, say, Guevara and MGF to the point where MGF pushing Jericho off kind of sends him and Guevara to that level of animosity. Do you know what I mean? But it would have... Because they, him and Chris already hate each other. Do you know what I mean? They're already at 10, uh, MGF and Chris Jericho. So after the if they'd, Guevara had gone off then they could have had that fueled match, that absolute blow-off match between MJF and Chris Jericho. But it would also have sent Guevara up to a 9 or 10 on the scale as well from being the one pushed off. So when he comes back, you've got a ready-made hot feud straight away. Do you know what I mean? So I really think if Guevara had gone off, it would have been more bang for your buck to borrow from the Bucks. Um, they would have they would have been able to stretch two pro two hot programs for mgf out of that whereas i don't think they have with this they've just got the one still do you know what i mean so then um, the, the only way i can think or you know and, and oh four point four less predictable less predictable yeah. sammy to go off because i mean everyone's expecting it to always be jericho and mgf mgf pushing off jericho Jer- jericho doesn't need to be pushed off the set like i said they're already at 10 they don't need to push Jericho off to make Jericho hate him more. Do you know what I mean? They they can uh, they uh, but they can stand to get Sammy and MGF's animosity up even more. The only thing I can think then, obviously, because I agree with you, I think Sammy would have been better because you like you said there, you got two feuds in one. 
or it is one overriding few, but you've got two, obviously, individual ones yeah. there. The only thing I can think is if they've already got a plan for what they want to do with MJF post this feud and they yeah. want to get a move on with it because maybe they want to put a title on well, the soon. I, just, I or... just think sometimes AEW, they go for the... the... They go for the choice that m- makes the most sense when you first look at it. Do you know what I mean? They make, you, they make yeah. the obvious. They make the obvious choice. The obvious choice is to have MJF push Jericho off because MJF and Jericho are the leaders of their factions. Do you know what I mean? They're the ones with the rivalry. When you dig a little deeper and think about more nuanced storytelling, that's when it makes sense to push Sammy off. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But you have to go below the surface a bit and think about emotional layered storytelling, which. I love them. I love this show. I love this was a easy eight out of ten. This show for maybe even a nine. This um, this dynamite for me. I love this dynamite. Like I said, they even got a QT Marshall Cody. They got yeah, me to pop for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second best match of the night. But God love them. AEW. Sometimes they do go for the obvious stuff, and I'd like to. You know, I'd like a bit more nuance, and I think that would have been the case with Sammy. But yeah, uh, um, no, great. It was a good match. Dragged a bit for me towards the end uh, with the commercial stuff, but it is what it is. Yeah, uh, I, I give this a solid 8 out of 10, this match. Um, uh, I Yeah, I, I, this is good stuff. That just about brings us to the the end of our AEW Dynamite review. Uh, silly silly to uh, even even ask, but match of the night. It's got to be blood and guts. I'm not even going to go for a jokey answer at this point. Uh, I blood and guts. Yeah. What is your taking over Patrick heel moment of the week, Jack? Um, I'm gonna go for. Let's. It's interesting because I think you could make it. Obviously, MJF pushing Jericho would be a very obvious one. Um, I, I think. Fuck it. You know what, Patrick? You might hate me for this, but I'm gonna go for Kenny dissing OC's um, OC, OC in general for the saying. That obviously, he's, he's an easy person to mimic. That's what I'm gonna go. Let's hear it. Mesa Ruga. God damn it. Thank you very much. Um, and it's time for my shocker of the week. Um, oh, it's it's just piling on too easy to say the cardboard issue. Do you know what I mean? Because I don't, I, I'm not hating on it as much as other people are, or at all, really. I'm not, you know, yeah. I, I could have I had them paint the cardboard, you know, the bits that are brown on it, the brown bits of cardboard, they could have painted that silver, you know, I, I guess I can see that, but it didn't bug me as much as it's bugging other people. Um, what's my shocker of the week? I mean, it was a good dynamite. It was a good dynamite. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to think back over, over if there were really any negatives for me. I think it's one of those, one of those weeks where I'm trying really hard to find, to find a shocker. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what's my shocker is, um, is Cody's, persona right now his uh, oh yeah his entrance his, still there you go what what he's is still, he is he face or heel he's he's just this weird tweener it's just the continued the continued double standards for cody with uh and, and like with red velvet holding qt marshall and stuff it's i tell you what the shocker is making me root for qt marshall how fucking dare you ah! <laughs> thing you is go. yeah i can't believe cody and um cody still got the snoop dog intro like that's fucking just get rid <laughs> da, 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 da. 
That's what it sounds like to me, just Snoop Dogg mumbling. The sound levels don't help. AEW have a problem with their sound levels. Is, just... I, I, I get having it when he's on the big show, but I've heard the big show ended eight, like months ago now. The Go Big Show, thank it. you very the much. Go, sorry, can't say Big Show. Well, it's... Well, it's Paul. <laughs> no more BS. Right. Um, so that leaves us with uh, well, a couple, a couple more points of order. The first being Jack. Give us a rundown of next week's uh, dynamite. Absolutely. So the Card, AW. Please. All right. The AW dynamite. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm doing it. Hold your horses. Go on. Right, AW Dynamite, the 12th of May show. The first show, I shall be watching my new flat, so the Wi-Fi will be pitch perfect. Let's go. Yeah, let's, let's go in the announced order, right? So, for the the Forbidden Door has been opened uh, between AW and NJPW. The IWGP US Heavyweight Championship match between Moxley versus Yuji Nagata will be happening. AEW Tag Team Championship match between SCU and the Young Bucks. A World Champion Eliminator match between Pac and Orange Cassidy. And the TNT Championship match between Darby Allen and Miro. Also, I did hear, which is not on this list, but Cody is making an announcement regarding Double or Nothing, I believe, um, which will probably be some Eliminator match he's in for some sort of title, which he won't win and push someone else. Jake um, Cargill, I want to say. And yeah, I think there's, I think, I think Tony Schiavone speaks to Jade Cargill or something like that. Um, but yeah, so, but the main thing is obviously what their a matches. card. That's a pay per view card. I got so hyped when I saw there's that card. Two title matches. It's fucking nuts. And uh, a um, a li- eliminator match for double or nothing. What do they mean eliminator match? Though it's just a number one contender. I know. Match, yeah, it? it is. But they just put here eliminator match. But yeah, Weird. number one contender match. Um. God, what a card. That is insane. Very, like, very stacked. I, that's, I mean, there's not a lot of matches on there, but the matches that are there, I think, is the... I think it's the best card I've ever seen for Dynamite. Like, for a, non, for a non-special Dynamite. It's very it's very up there, for sure. Um, there's three bloody title matches, Jack. Two. <laughs> no, US title, tag team titles, and... and yeah, three bloody... Yeah, 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 yeah. TNT sorry, title. Sorry, yeah, three... T- and obviously there'll be more stuff, won't there? That's that's just that's just. And the number one contenders is sort of like a title match. It's you know it's it's something yeah. on the line. There, there's it's... four matches there. Inevitably, obviously, we'll have probably some sort of weakish opener, um, you know. But that that will still be good and satisfactory. That will open it. I mean, just give me, give me give me give me Britt Baker just squashing another. Yeah, no, and then and then we'll have some sort of squash <laughs> match to um. But yeah, but that is going to be stacked, and I'm sure we'll have some sort of fallout from Blood and Guts. So you have to imagine. Yeah. Right. That leaves uh one more thing, everyone's favourite segment. Less important shows. It's time for less important shows. Um yeah, I mean there's one big one to talk about. Actually, before we get to that, before we talk about anything else, this was a this is a big week for me watching wrestling. I had uh I had a lot of wrestling to watch this week and I rated Two matches this week as uh, as tens, I think, which is uh, which is which is big for me. Um, it was there was a lot of big shows this week. Unfortunately, uh, TJPW, Tokyo Joshi Pro, and DDT they had big Corican Hall shows. They had to because of COVID. They had to um, 
unfortunately wrestle without a crowd uh it was announced like a week or so ago but regardless um instead of telling you any spoilers because i know jack didn't watch it um well you didn't you didn't watch tjpw or ddt did you don't look at me like that um so i'm going to i'm not going to give any spoilers i'm going to give give people some recommendations of what to go watch and you should just trust me so the yes wonderland tjpw show you could watch all of this it was a fantastic show start to finish as tjpw uh shows especially Corrigan Hall shows usually are but if you must uh cut down completely what you're watching make sure you go watch Shoko Nakajima versus Mizuki versus Yuka Sakazaki for the number one contender match for the Princess Princess title and then go watch the Princess of Princess title match between Rika Tatsumi versus Miyu Yamashita because obviously the winner of the first one and the winner of the second will be facing each other at the huge mega show which I think might be a Tokyo Dome show it's an arena show anyway the Cyber Fight Festival which is a big cross promotional thing in Japan um, also I would recommend watching the, all the four, last four matches of this pay-per-view um, over on DDT the same day DDT Max Bump uh, I would have to say absolutely stole the show was the extreme title and it was a double title match champion versus champion for both the belts Chris Bricks versus Saki Akai so it was a double title match it was also an intergender intergender match and um, absolutely smashed it uh, one of my favourite matches of the year rated a 9 not a 10 but regardless go watch it and um, also worth checking out not as good, I don't think. I think uh, I think Chris and Saki stole the show. But the DDT Universal title match, which we mentioned earlier in the show, uh, the, the Universal title between Yuki Ueno of uh, my favourite faction, uh, the Sauna Club, as they're, well, they're called 37 Kamina now, I think, because 3-7 sounds like sauna in Japanese, versus Soma Takao got through that. Right, go watch those. They are very good. Uh but, I mean, before we talk about the big one, because there was an insane match from a very notable promotion uh, just gone, Jack, you had some updates about Impact. Yes. So I wanted to... Uh, so I'm going to pause it here because so, I need to pull out... Well, actually, I'll, I'll speak You need to pull it out. I need to pull it out, mate. First thing I wanted to mention was who is going to be appearing on Impact for the... I don't, I don't want to say first time in case he's been on it before. But El Fantasmo, the Forbidden Door, is open. Yes, I saw that. Yes, it's, and he... it's, the, it's forbidden doors everywhere. It's, it's a forbidden, it's a forbidden roundabout with like four off sections. Do you know what I mean? For it's, uh... it's so, it's so cool in my opinion. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely really hyped about that. So looking forward to seeing him. And the main... LP. That's it. And um, yeah, so uh under siege impact under siege which is on the 15th of may which i believe is next saturday um so for that it's kind of it's not really obviously a pay-per-view it's one of their they do saturday shows every now and then but they're not massive um but um but they've got kenny omega and the good brothers versus current um impact tag team champs finn juice and eddie edwards so that's gonna be a cool match i think that will be a cool match yeah and um so they've also got another pay-per-view announced which um i can't seem to find a name up here but it's going to be happening anyway and um to decide who is going to face uh kenny for the challenge they're doing a six-man number one contenders match on next saturday which would be cool to check out as well to see who will be getting their hands on kenny omega um it doesn't seem to say that's who... going to be on a regular impact that match 
Oh, wait, let me... Uh, so it says, instead, under siege, yeah, we'll have a six-man event to determine... Oh, under siege, okay. Yeah, we'll have to determine a number one contender to challenge Kenny Omega. Um, so Chris Bay is the first man to win his way into the match. So you want a match. I love Chris Bay. He's yeah. really good. He, he's um, really cool. He's really cool. Um, and yeah, so he's the first one to come in, which means there's five spots left. I'm imagining probably... I think Chris Bay would be a good one because I think they've got to save Moose. For, Moose should be the one to take it off, and to be honest. So I think Chris Bay would be a good one. Yeah, but de- definitely that was hyped. And also I wanted to mention, whilst we're, I know we're in lesson shows, but it's after our Dynamite review, our mate Liam, who you've heard on the podcast, has told us, and I don't think you will have heard because... Yeah, I know. He told you to DM him personally, didn't he? No, no, that. no. This is, you this is you... different. This is different. That was, that right. was about something else. Um, AEW are number one in the demo. So this is AEW's first time as number one in the demo. The previous really? highest number was sec- uh, number two. On the 10th of uh, February 2019, Dynamite's debut. 12th of February 2020, Winter is Coming. Uh, 12th of September 2020. 4th of uh, 14th of April 2021. He listed a couple of that anyway. And um, yeah, 1.09 million viewers. And then Patrick said, actually, after DVR numbers, they had 1.81 million viewers last week. So yeah. 1.8 anyway, million viewers last week after DVR. Bro, but, they, I know, but they are, they are, they are. They're getting some competing with, like number one in a demo numbers. for the first Not time. Me. So they are literally, you know, they people, people need to start taking them seriously. They still see them as like an NXT contender. They're not. They're, yeah, I think they're. I'd say SmackDown contender now. I think they've yeah gone past NXT. Obviously, well, uh, Gun and Guts helps being obviously you know a big pay like it's it's really kind of it's really exciting to think about the the like. Obviously, WWE do like 80,000 for WrestleMania. Um, New Japan Pro Wrestling do like 60, 65,000 for Wrestle Kingdom. It's sky's the limit. Do you know what I mean? Can yeah. you imagine like that? They keep selling out the arenas when they do like 15K and stuff. Like, can you imagine? I'd love. Obviously, WWE tried and failed to kind of make MSG them being the exclusive wrestling ones because obviously they were trying to block. New Japan and Ring of Honor, I believe, doing G1 Supercard there, which Patrick yeah. actually, attend- actually attended, as he likes to remind us. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, I, I could imagine, because MSG is a legit arena for big shows. WrestleMania use, was ha- has been held there before, yet it's actually got a, a deceptively small capacity. It's like 25K or something. I'll tell you which would so be a be prestigious perfect, one for... Um, yeah. I tell you, because obviously if the WWE claim in MSG, why not Staples Center in LA? But how, how? What's the capacity for that? The reason I said the reason I said MSG is big. It's big. Yeah, Let yeah. Me. But this, the, I want. I don't. This is what I think. I think for the starting one, they shouldn't aim that. The reason I said MSG is because MSG has like a deceptively small yeah. it's capacity. It's twenty thousand. Oh, Staples Center. Oh yeah, yeah. do it then. Staples, That's what I mean, it, and it's a bit different, and it's in California obviously where a lot of them are from and yeah it's only so stable center is 20,000 msg is 20,789 so it's only 789 yeah. seats bigger msg so they they could do they could do both of those easy couldn't they and then, and then just gradually build to doing like you know even bigger stuff um, imagine yeah. stadium though that'd be cool oh be so cool imagine wembley 
Hello, Wembley. <laughs> well, yeah, they. I mean, well, that's the thing. Progress managed to draw like what, like fifteen k at fucking Wembley Arena. Go just, just as do, soon uh, as AW not Wembley hit. Arena, Wembley, Wembley, yeah, Wembley Arena, and then Wembley Stadium is the big a- one. AW are doing O2 Arena when they come over. I guarantee it because they're got to do it. They they know they've got a big UK audience, so that oh, yeah. they've got they'll well, do, they'll do two shows. They'll do Manchester and they'll do London. In uh, in my meet and greet with Mark Miro, he was like, "Oh, you guys love wrestling over there, the Brits." Like, yeah. it's so true. Like, it's so true. Um, yes, less important yeah, oh, shows. Last bit. Yes, yeah, last bit was we had a match of the year contender at Wrestling Dontaku Night Two. Also, First quick, off, have to, quick, yeah, yeah, I was about on. to say spoiler alert. God, you're not, rude today. If you if you not watch Wrestling <laughs> Dontaku uh, Night Two, Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi, now is a suitable place to turn off this podcast because we will be talking about it. Put your fingers in your ears. Yeah, uh, I mean, keep listening because it pulls up our views. But <laughs> turn, turn <laughs> the vo- turn the volume down. Uh, just don't listen. Just help us out and listen to the whole podcast. But turn off now because we will be talking exclusively about a match of the year contender. So you've got to check it out. Mm-hmm. Well, first off, I have to say, after after that build up, I'm not going to start talking about the main event first. Um, <laughs> the uh, junior heavyweight title match, Yo versus El Desperado, was not on the card due to COVID reasons. Somebody got COVID, they, um, or both. Um, which is quite disappointing because they had basically they had a uh, the night before wrestling Dantaku night one there was a I don't know it was the night yeah they had um, a junior heavyweight tag titles match where Sho and Yo um, defended against in their rematch against El Desperado and Kanemok I can't even pronounce his name Can I, the the alcoholic one that he tags with um, <laughs> and. Um, yeah, they uh, uh, and it was meant to be, and show had a really good showing, should I say? <laughs> and it was supposed to be show versus El Desperado, um, and that would have been an absolute banger of a match. But unfortunately, it was removed from the card, so I think that actually helped the main event because the main event could go extra long, maybe. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the main event. Wowzers, uh, that was that was something. You just you just watched it tonight, didn't you, Jack? I did. Yeah. So um, I was always going to watch it. Um... I don't know what would have happened if we recorded earlier. I wouldn't have been able to talk about it, but fortunately I managed to get around to it. Um, it yeah, just, wow. I mean, we we love us, us some Will Ospreay on this podcast. We played the national anthem when he won the title, and uh, this was his first first defence against Tagagi, who they kept on mentioning uh, um, on commentary. So at least is, their third match together, yeah. Yeah, and um, also the fact Oh, that, did you watch with English commentary? Yeah, yeah. I watched before it was up, so I got the ah, Japanese country. Fair. So you've heard, you've heard some. Yeah, well, hype, the, yeah, they, they basically just they're obviously they're they're you know saying a lot that Tagagi is world championship quality, like it, how he hasn't had it on him, and you know he will have it one day. He, he really um, is, man. Yeah, he's just class. But the match itself, wow! Like I said, what I love about New Japan is they pull out these matches, and I and I do love the sports style they got over there, where it feels you know it feels more more real it feels yeah and the time they go for a long time and they, it doesn't get boring they know how to storytell over there um and yeah obviously this is where hopefully everyone that's still listening now has seen it obviously will osprey retained in this first title defense i think it was likely to happen um but nonetheless this was a this was a big showing for will osprey for first title defense it was not an easy ride at all um some great spots one of my personal favorites was the table one where it looked like Will was going to be counted out. Um, but he yeah. just managed to get in there. Um, and yeah, obviously, 
just just insane. Um, Whipped out the cheeky Nando's kick. I thought he'd stop doing that. So he, he did. Do you know what? Do you know what I loved? Do you know one of my favourite things about it was was that he because you know who's next, right? For Will. That's it. Another spoiler. He so. pulled out the Rainmaker during the match, yeah, and it was like, oh, he had to. He had to use his old mentor's move, who was on the horizon for him, to win the match. I was like, May, oh man. May twenty fifth, Kazuchika Okada versus Will Osprey. Well Definitely check that out because that's going to oh, be. Oh god, that's going to be insane. Insane. That's I'm, honestly. I'm hard at this one. <laughs> I don't have thought of it. Um, no, yeah. Oh god. Great. Well, yeah. Fantastic match. I think we've just go watch it. Do you know, what I mean? you haven't seen it and you've taken this risk and listened to the spoiler. But oh man. Um, yeah. Do you, Will Osprey gets a lot of hate. Do you know that? Why? Um, and what? Well, I weebs. We like um, people. I I honestly th- I honestly think it's partly because he's a gaijin because he's a, a a white dude. Honestly, <laughs> when will we start caring about white men's problems? <laughs> no, um, no, for, for real though. Like um, he uh, he. So, it's... Tom, Tom's views are not expressive. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I was being sarcastic there, <laughs> but no, I do think I do think there's these purists who are like you know. This is the thing. He, if you look back on his old cage match ratings from years ago, he's he's getting ten or nearly ten, like nine point six and shit. And it's like, and now they're lower. And it's like he's only gotten better. He's bulked up. He's gone up to heavyweight. He's added dimensions to his thing. And they're saying, oh, his matches are all the same. They're formulaic. He can't tell emotional stories. Bullshit. He can't look at this one with with Tagagi like face down on the floor and crawling up to him and him and like I said, him him you him pulling out the rainmaker to to its consistent storytelling. And honestly, I think partially it's because I know a lot of people they're not liking. They haven't really liked the book in during the pandemic because of like evil becoming champ and turning on Lij and they didn't like that a lot of these 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 people and uh, and they uh, and to be fair evil has had a shitter of it right now like he's he's in KOPW matches with Toriano losing to Toriano I might add um, and he's he's on like one and six like or something like that or one and seven his is is he's on a big losing streak. Um, you know, he's having Dick Togo help him win every match. He feels very separate from the Bullet Club. Um, but yeah, that aside, and, and I think the whole thing with the cutter on B Priestley, it wasn't so much that it was like a, a depiction of spousal assault or whatever. It was, they think it was very WWE, I think, for yeah. that, like Randy Orton, RKO, and Stephanie McMahon and stuff. And it was like, this is a serious sports based company. It's like, chill the fuck out, man. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, y- you still have the silly stuff. You still have Toriano taking. Taking off the ring pads yeah, and hitting people with them and stuff like it's like just sh- shut up. <laughs> like I, he, you know, he isn't suddenly, you know, they, they the same people who used to ride Will Osprey's dick and say he was amazing, and now now it's like shitting on him. No, man, like I honestly think if you can look at this match with Shingo Tagagi and rate this like a four out of ten or something then you need your head looking at like you you have given into your bias you have mm. gone over to the dark side this was a, just a fucking master class it was insane it was incredible uh um go check it out you have to go check it out match of the year like i said there was a couple of tens for me over the last few days this was one of them um and rika tatsumi versus me yamashita the title match uh yes wonderland was another i will say Right, I've got a question for you, Jack, at the end of our show. 
Which wrestlers would you rate as a perfect ten? Don't say Sean Spears. <laughs> which which wrestlers in the world? Because I think I think there's one, no two. There's two for me in AEW. There's maybe three or four for me in in New Japan. Um, Kenny, Kenny, is a perfect Kenny. ten. Yeah, Kenny, he's um, one of mine. Your your other ten in AEW is going to be Pac. You know it. And he's just your... he's just com- he's an absolute complete wrestler. He's just he's just an all rounder package. He can do everything. And your four in New Japan is Will Ospreay, Shinsuke, Kazuchika Okada, yeah, Kota Ibushi. No. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Actually, hold on. Let me think. How many I've got in New Japan? One, two. Yeah, I think about four. yeah. Zagagi. Yeah. And uh, so that's that and. Naito? Nah, ZSJ. ZSJ is a mate. ZSJ is a maybe for me. Uh, Kobushi is a solid 9, maybe even a 9.5. But if I'm being really strict with it, yeah. uh, Osprey, Okada, uh, Tagagi, and uh, maybe ZSJ. Maybe ZSJ. I, I'm inclined uh, to agree. Time. Yeah, for sure. Mm. I think I think you got them right there. Fucking, yeah. Absolutely. And it's very rare. Like I said, I, there's probably less than 10 people in the world I'd, I'd, I'd rate a 10. Um, Mia Yamashita in, in Tokyo Joshi Pro. I haven't seen enough of Stardom to comment on that. I'm not sure there's anyone in uh, in DDP, DDT as much as I love it that I'd rate a 10. Although um, uh, Yuki Ueno comes quite close, maybe an 8 or 9. Um, WWE, probably just Cesaro and Daniel Bryan, although even Daniel Bryan's not there anymore. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'd like to see some more of Andrade. From what I've heard, he could he could probably uh, top it, and we will be seeing more of him soon. So, yeah, um, that about brings us to the end of our show, Jack. It's been it's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute joy, mate. We have run over two hours, but you know that's not an issue because it's quality content. And you know, quality I think content. I think we've got an established audience now. We don't give a shit if we go ten minutes over two hours, and if you no, do, we get you're listening to the wrong podcast. We? Yeah. Um, We've well established. Speaking of establishing, uh, we like we like Lance Archer when he just kept saying time, time, established, established, established. Um, <laughs> it's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it, for a, for a, for a word like that? Anyway, um, yeah, we've established that I can't think of a sign off. I can't consistently sign off every week. I've got I've got sign off dysfunction. I've got SD. I need uh, I need I need I need I need a little blue. I need a blue chew for my uh, sign offs. Um, <laughs> So we're gonna we we're just gonna we're gonna do it movie style and we're gonna finish with some outtakes or an outtake because that's what they do in movies, isn't they? During the credits, there's a there's an outtake. So without further ado, let feast your ears. You're such a prick. <laughs>